Minnesota Top Team's not my gym. That's Jenny's gym. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm the shiny spokes on the wheel. I built it, but she runs it. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the third official episode of the Pohada Podcast and the third installment in the Booze with a Black Belt series. As you heard there, my guest this time around is Jeremy Clark, who, along with his wife Jenny, own Minnesota Top Team over in Egan, Minnesota. There you'll find not only Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but also boxing and CrossFit. As usual, before we jump into it, a few key notes. First of all, thanks again to Kathy and Polly Brooks for hosting the conversation. Second of all, my offer to buy you a coffee from 5 Watt Coffee still stands. All you gotta do is give me a five-star review and write something funny in your review funniest one gets a gift card to five watt coffee this week's winners entitled puts a smile on my face so shout out to username fresh steeps who's a friend of ours from m theory and make sure you check out his new podcast called the tea migos and learn as much as you can about good tea and without further ado my conversation with jeremy clark of minnesota top team we um early on and fuck i could kill three hours telling you the shit that we did which wasn't in our wheelhouse you did anything and everything for money which included me spending nine years in europe right for hockey russia austria poland germany um belarus i was there for a whole season you did all that just to just to pay the bills i didn't really want to be in europe but it was good money right i i, I love hockey but it was uh especially I, I bought my gym and it was like two months three months later i got offered the job in minsk but um, you, it's hard to change that mentality as you, as, as you get a little farther along. And all of a sudden, you find yourself kind of cresting to the top of, you know, Chris Oiter, man. It's, it's the best line ever. It's not who's best, it's who's left. Right. And we found that in our gym ownership. And so back in the day, we would take those kind of meets. Where I have no interest in powerlifting, but we would do it because it was 1200 bucks. And then you realize that you're like, fuck, we don't need this. Not that I'm not interested in it, but I don't think there's a thing that bothers me more, uh, and it's a personal thing. It's that that's my house and the people that are there. Like, there's so much respect and and the shit that I've built, and I put my hand on every single thing. And when people come in that aren't from there, and not to their fault, I do the same thing. You know, like I come in this house and I took a shit in there, and then I decided to do a little bench press and. You know, pull that rug just to see if it's stuck to the wall. And, and you're just like, fuck you doing this. Don't, don't touch that. You're yeah. not from here. You're yeah. not, you're not part, you haven't fought. You, you don't, the fuck out of here. Yeah. And so it's, and it, the fault is a hundred percent mine. Um, but I get so defensive on shit, you know, people grabbing bands and I, I fucking paid for those. No, no, you guys are here to lift the weights or do whatever. The, so like, it, it's your own personal thing where I just have such a hard time with that. Well, and it becomes a thing where it's not necessarily worth the twelve hundred bucks oh, and, not even and close. the well and the eyes on the place because how many signups am I getting from that event yeah. and all that? And we don't. It's so ironic. We don't even. The you know twenty twenty. Talk about that if you want. It's it changed everything a, a little bit. But we don't even. I don't need any more people. I mean, there's a really interesting. It's a, a interesting dichotomy when you start looking at contentment. Because as we were building our business, that didn't make any sense. You never talked about that. You were just like, we're at 200. What's it take to get to 300? We're 300. What's it take to get to 400? Sure. Okay, so 500's our new goal. Fucking the headaches that came with that, the coaching, like the people, the classes, the morning classes that no one would show up to. The, and you're just like, this isn't, what did I buy the gym for? What do I have the gym for? If the bills are paid and we live cheap and 
we've never stopped living like we still make 10,000 a year. Like that's what we did when we first started. We do well now. And I'm like, man, I, I don't need, I even have to have this conversation with my coach. Hopefully we're not going down rabbit holes here, but I even have to have this conversation with my coaches. You know, like a, like a paradigm shift sort of thing. Yeah. Like, like be comfortable a little bit. Like, you know, and most of the coach Marcus is great now. And, you know, um, Zach's taking a little bit of leave there, chasing his own dreams. But, you know, for a long time, their perception was, well, we're, you know, we're at M3 and M30 and there was like 42 people on the mat and there's only eight tonight. I'm like, fuck, I'm happy. Let's take those eight and let's have some fun and let's make sure that whether it's two or 10, they're getting the best thing because that's, that's my focus, right? right. Always, I always wanted to uh, under-promise and over-deliver sure. as, as far as whether it's coaching or, or the, the aspect of coming in, the ambiance of the gym, you don't see that on the on the on the website as much. You get in there, you're like, "Fucking this place is." You wouldn't believe the shit I got. I, I just on that note, like, you wouldn't believe the shit I got from when I first started building the gym at the old space, and I wanted stuff on the wall. I wanted my jerseys on the wall. I wanted the places I've been on the wall. Guys that mattered to me that gave stuff. I was working in hockey. I had a couple different things going, and people were like, "No, no, 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 no." So just a gym. It's got to be all white. Plain walls, white <laughs> mats. Like, what are you doing? You, you, you can't hang things on the wall. I'm like, fuck, are you? Get lost. It's my gym. I want it like my basement. Right? That's what it is. It's like my man cave. But, so you, you, you get more comfortable as you go. Sometimes early on you make those decisions and, and you're like, shit, like, would, would Greg Nelson agree to this? Or, you know, what, sure. what yeah, would, uh, you know, what Ish think? And you're like, fuck it. I've been in the game long enough now. This is, I, I make my own decisions and. You went through. I, I got to be careful on how much I share here because I know this is going to go. But I, like I remember the the during the first lockdown. Um, well, it happened even before that. I went up for a, for a competition training at M Theory. I finally went up one night, and you know David Score was gonna was was doing something. and He kept bugging me. He's like, "I need heavy guys. He's like, come up. You got to. I need you to come up to." So I'm like, "Fine." We got a Friday night. I went up. And we did our warm-ups, and, and I'm not really paying attention. We're just, him and I are laughing and having fun. You know, he's kind of a goofball. And uh, then we do, the, we do this round where it's like three minutes, and whoever ends up on top stays in, right? Yep. So I get him down. I'm on top. I'm working on stuff. And all of a sudden, there's like four or five seconds left, and he shoves his thumb in my rib. I jump, and he reverses over, you know, and I'm like, fuck what was that like that's fucking street jiu-jitsu like what kind of bullshit is this we're poking you know? and i'm just yelling away at him the whole roll well so i go out and sit and the next roll i realize i'm looking around the place is dead quiet and hear people rolling but no one's saying anything mm-hmm. i'm like fuck are we not allowed to talk in here what's like the music's <laughs> quiet you know like i hope that's not true because i'm ta- constantly talking <laughs> shit know, like, and, and, and i got so no I kept, clout yeah and i looked at ish and ish is kind of laughing you know and like so i actually asked marcus after i'm like we're not you're not supposed to talk when you roll or what's going on and he's like no no it's just you know they take it serious because it's competition training and we're getting ready for comp it's a good thing i never show up for competition oh training God, then. Not... <laughs> so anyways when they when uh it comes to the next point there when they came down for the lockdown you know ish uh jared was down and ish and a handful of guys uh, uh ethan and and um who's the other guy that got the black belt kevin kevin, kevin yeah. And pot bomb those guys all came. So I'm like, okay, fuck it. You know, we've been sitting doing shit, doing nothing. And now we're going to get, you know, these guys are absolute animals. So it's going to be, so they get on the mat and right away I'm kind of nervous about, do I 
crank up Allison Chains, like that's what I want to roll to. That's my, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Stone Temple Pilots and the, the old school runs. That's that's what I love to roll, and I want it loud. Should I make noise? And then it, you know, it was one of those, fuck, they're in my house. This is I've been at this a long time. This is mine now. Yeah, it's your brand. Yeah, either you take it or you don't. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Right, you guys are here with me, and that's no disrespect, of course. I respect Correct. Yeah, and correct. Jared more than anybody, but I was just like, man, this is how we're going to be in this. Well, and I feel like that's. It, the purity of jujitsu is people just want to train jujitsu, whatever fucking colors the walls are and whatever yeah, music yeah. is or isn't playing, you know, people are down to train, you know, but you do find, you find that, And I was the same way you, you, now it's different. Now I give, I, I, I could care less, but early on, I remember the conversations of like who would buy a colored gi and no, no, they, you know, yeah. only wear yeah. white yeah, gis yeah. here and what patch you got on and the affiliations. Not say it's not important. Do whatever you got to do. You know, right. we got kids that love that fifty-fifty game and the and the and Brimbolo and it's not me. Yeah, and I like I spend more time talking to newer people in jujitsu that are maybe a little bit older, not necessarily as athletic, and they come in. And I'm like, you don't understand this now, but within a couple of months, you got to start really looking at what you're doing jujitsu for. You keep measuring yourself against Marcus's guard. It's going to be a long, miserable time until you quit. Right. Right. Right, you find somebody that you really like rolling with, and you can't wait to get there because this is going to be the funnest hour of the night, and you're doing it for you. Again, it's a whole different ball game. But we, it, there's a weird. It's easy to say these cliches that are painted on the wall. You know, it's, it's either uh, winning or learning. Losing doesn't matter. Well, look at society. Like every single thing. Little Johnny from five years old. Did you win? No. Okay, try harder next time. And then you, you, you're engrossed in that culture, right? Champions are what matter. I come. I work in L.A. Pete's sakes, like. The minute we win five in a row, half of Hollywood's there. We, we, you know, we won two cups, not back-to-back, but within three years. My goodness, every night, you know, Tom Cruise was there and Aerosmith and, like, celebrities were all over the place. And it was, it was, you know, Staples was packed. The next year, we lose a handful of guys. We're 24th in the league. Place <laughs> like goes down again. <laughs> like, nobody's even talking about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like, the, that culture there is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Figure out who's winning and follow that. You know, the Lakers were winning at that time. You couldn't get a single person in, you know, of any. So it's a binary kind of kind of thing. But we uh, that's uh, one of the talk more about that. I don't think, you know, there could be X number of the seven people listening to this. that don't know a lot of your history. So go into more detail what you just mentioned there. That makes me reminds me of you see that that uh, yes man with Jim Carrey. Oh, way back. Yeah. Yeah. The girl that comes to the band. Hi, LLP. Hi, Mark. Hi, Kevin. There's seven people in the band. <laughs> always there. Yeah, yeah. They know them all by name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Love to see the concert. Uh, yeah, no, it, um, I did this, uh, did a podcast with uh, John Grills. I might have been the yep. only other person I've done one with. And we took two hours. My, my uh, background's pretty complicated. I came down to the States at 20 as a mechanic. From where? Kenora, Ontario. Mm. Yeah, from Canada. And... Um, Married a girl in Iowa, and then uh, I had boxed whatever you'd call it in Canada. I mean, it was very different. We had a karate school that taught boxing. There was no USA boxing, no sanctioned sure. events. Sure, sure. The times that we fought, we would drive to Thunder Bay, which was, in you know, to the east. It was the nearest town, and it was six hours away, and there would be a taekwondo <laughs> tournament, and there would be a ring, you know, and it was like kind of exhibition boxing afterwards. And we kind of like, okay, you... You look about his size. You you guys want to go? No idea how many fights. Like I mean, it was. Anyway, so that I I but I was always involved in fighting from 
probably 14 or 15 on. I did karate first and then went into boxing. So when I came down to the States, found a place in Iowa that was doing kickboxing and, and still trained. Um, and then just like everybody else, saw, saw Hoist win UFC and went, what, yeah. what the hell that? was that? <laughs> yeah. Because everybody saw Frank, Sh- you know, remember the, the culture, mm-hmm. right? The whole deal, yeah. You saw Frank Shamrock walk out and you went, oh, this poor little guy's going to get, this is, he's going to be jelly, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the guy's tapping. Well, it wasn't until I came to Minnesota, and there's a lot of things that happened in that time. Um, ended up coming up to Minnesota, getting divorced, and, and uh, was always looking for a jiu-jitsu gym. And there wasn't that many. And then one night I was driving from, it was so stupid, we were going from what used to be the Valley Lounge on 13. It would end at, their last call would be at like 12.30, but then La Fonda's would be open until 2. <laughs> so you would leave there and go over. <laughs> And I took the wrong road, yeah. and I went down Kennebec, and, and Paul Petushin's uh, little jiu-jitsu gym had a yellow sign. I've kept a yellow sign. It's 16 years now, I kept nice. it. It was stuck in the window, and I yeah, saw yeah. it. And uh, I called the next day, whatever it was, and went and started jiu-jitsu. And after that, just it didn't make sense to me. He was 152 pounds, and I was big, and I thought I was going to murder this guy. And I got my lunch fed to me for three months, just like everybody else. And Well, first UFC was 93, 94. Mm-hmm. And then there was like pancreas stuff the year before or something like that. But like you're fresh out of being culturally inundated with big, badass, muscular dudes in yep. movies saving the day. Yep. So then you see the real fights happening. You're like, what in the fuck was that? Yeah. That's not in the plot line, you know. So same. then you show up and you get that same experience. Plus, I mean, you think of the influence of good, bad, or otherwise, the influence of Hollywood in every aspect of life, but yeah. especially in fighting. Right. I mean, everybody thought... Um, Steven Seagal knew what he was doing. Yeah. You know, just so happened. You don't realize it until you learn later on that everybody was running at him with the same, <laughs> with the, yeah. <laughs> in the same direction for Aikido to work. And like, nothing against Aikido. Don't know. For don't, sure. Don't for care. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, but they, um, there's a certain amount of choreography that goes into movies and certain other yeah. elements of things that you take that away. And, and I mean, I'm not as interested anymore in the UFC, um, uh, I don't mind it. I, I, my thoughts on it are a little bit, a little bit different. Uh, I liked it a lot more at the beginning because I think the beginning was such a revelation of all these, you know how it was, these idiots announcers that didn't know what was going on. A ref didn't yeah. have a clue. And this yeah. guy's coming in and he's a, a SEAL Team 6 trained, you know, with the magic death touch. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> kill people with a look. He'd come yeah. in and just get absolutely slaughtered. And then there was, there was the next guy and, the, and there was ninjutsu and there was, sumo wrestling so, <laughs> everything and it was very quickly just like you know what it's like when you get on the mats very quickly um you know i always i use analogies because it's how my head works but mm-hmm. i tell people when you go to jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu is the hotel mirror okay so you you at home you get your lights set and you look in your mirror and you put on your you know certain levels of disfigurement in order to look the way you think you should look hair and your beard and everything else but then you go and travel and you get to a hotel and you turn on those fluorescent lights in the mirror <laughs> there's no hiding <laughs> yeah, there you're just yeah. like can we dim these things a little <laughs> yeah, bit yeah. this well that's what jiu-jitsu does for you when you get on the mat you're just like okay i'm i'm not strong i'm not tough yeah. i'm not in this world I, and i don't know what i'm doing on the ground and that's uh that's what i love about it man that ego i haven't touched weights in 15 years and i was I mean, I fought Kevin Lavrone and Dorian Yates, and mm-hmm. I mean, those guys are yeah. my heroes. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah, right? absolutely. Just love them guys and, and f- follow the, you know, every time a new muscle tech 
protein had come out and you know <laughs> yeah, we were yeah, buying yeah. that stuff by the pound mm-hmm. now you know just just once i started jiu-jitsu and the and the, that realization came in weights don't fight back no and i tease it's we we um oh my god if my guys hear this they're gonna be joked but i joke about this because we have crossfit and boxing and jiu-jitsu right mm-hmm. and all the crossfit people have to walk past the mats and through yep. the boxing room yeah yeah so you what you get is this this uh you get this transformation in CrossFit where like they start and then as they get good at it and as they start to get in shape and slowly but surely like the clothes start to come off and then the tighter shirts come in and the rebo- you know, like the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the on it socks come out and like, yeah. and before long you get this handful of guys that, you know, it's 42 degrees out for some reason, they still got to work out with a shirt off. Right. And so <laughs> you see this progression in these young guys and they, you know, they're, they're pumped up doing CrossFit and God bless. I love CrossFit. I'm supposed to say that for the, for the sake of the people that are there. I work with a CrossFit gym yeah, too. I, I'm right there with you. And everybody has to find their thing. It's not. I have no issues with it. But once in a while, those guys will get invited over mm-hmm. onto the mat, and as soon as that happens, you see the shirts come back on and the hoodies come back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a bit of a yeah. realization yeah. that you know, like it, it is a great thing and it's phenomenal, mm-hmm. but it's different. And it just like as long as you're not staring in the mirror with a perception of toughness based on what you see. Because that that facade gets popped really quick. Yeah. But yeah. Do you remember a couple of years ago there was some CrossFit gym they kinda went half viral for doing CrossFit for uh, self defense? Oh yeah. Like they were lading shitty clean impresses <laughs> to like striking and stuff, you know. Throw, yeah. It was uh was it just called CrossFit Defense or did they have some I don't, cliche I don't, name for it? Probably. It's and they were throwing yeah, they were throwing the med ball to represent a punch. Yeah, yeah. God. Which I mean, okay, biomechanically at a base level, elementary level, I see what you're saying. Also stop yeah. it. Biomechanically eating dinner could be translated into <laughs> yeah. punch defense. I mean, I guess. I, they, they, yeah. But I don't I mean I, if only. I think it's how dangerous is it to give I, and it's the same reason why i will never i mean we we've been guilty of 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 putting it on our website or or advertising uh women's self-defense but it grinds me immensely i i can't advertise a women's self-defense weekend because it's bullshit tell me why so you think you're going to bring a girl in and show her or a woman, and this is not a, a sexist thing, a mm-hmm. men included. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I did yeah. a men's self-defense weekend, fuck are you going to show in a weekend? Yeah. What are, what are you going to be able to apply from the weekend? It's nonsense. And yeah. once you understand real fighting, you realize it's a lifelong thing. It, it, it takes untold amounts of, of, of time and energy to get even slightly proficient at these things. Yeah. And yeah. like the idea of giving somebody this false sense of security that they could, mm-hmm. you know, break the wrist grip, kick them in the balls and poke their eye and then get away. Fuck sakes. All it's going to do is get somebody angry. It's more dangerous than yeah. it is good. Yeah. Right. Like right. if you want to spend one weekend, okay, buy a gun, learn to shoot it. There's your weekend self-defense. Go back yeah. every second or third weekend, learn how to draw quick and be accurate. Don't come to a gym and learn how to, you know, break the wrist and, and, and bend a finger for Pete's sakes. It's, it just, well, it's nonsense. Yeah. As, as perfectly, um, represented in Napoleon dynamite, break the wrist, walk away, break the wrist. Think anybody walk wants away. a house with these bad boys on? <laughs> That's the deal, man. Like, I, I don't, I think everybody loved that movie, but nobody really appreciated that. Like yeah. when they're leaving and Kip's like, oh, this is a scam. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Grab my wrist. It is. My other wrist. Your other wrist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's his what's so his good. what's his wife's name in that? Is it is it it's uh, like Darla or yeah, it's Darla. Is it Darla? Is it? Yeah, I think it is. And she's just like <laughs> jacked to the gills, you know. You think Darla what do you say? You think Darla doesn't want me coming home every night? I forget the lines now. Yeah, it's so classic. Good. Yeah. But it's also just real. Like it's one of those things where the comedic satirical play on a thing yeah. got it right for the most part yeah. like this is silliness you know what you're hoping to get out of that weekend is like what a couple stripes on a blue belt will probably actually get you like what yeah. to kind of do with my hands in this one random situation sort yeah. of thing right i mean and yes and i mean like again not bashing on anything i guess mm-hmm. I, if if at the core level of it you want whoever comes in for a self-defense seminar to realize that self-reflection of like, man, this is not good. And I, and I don't know what I'm doing. And then they join kudos and then it's, then it's done its job. But I mean, the, the nonsense that's, that's sold, uh, you know, I mean the, the, all the videos that go viral, the guys trying to do knife defense. And we had Jared, uh, Zach and I did, uh, we had, uh, Jared from, uh, Brainerd come in, professor Jared and, we were going to have a seminar on Saturday with him and Zach and I both asked him to do a private on Friday night with some of the knife defense stuff that he does, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, his, his background. And, uh, I mean, what an eye opener. Like he came in and he was just like, everything you think, you know, is bullshit. Yeah. And so he's, he just started playing around. He's like, here, he has this little knife and he's like, okay, just, you got to stop this thing. And I mean, he's all over the place switching hands and like you're trying to grab and we're we do this every day of the week yeah. you get to and i'm trying to grab his wrist and then zach did it and i mean i got stabbed 62 times and yeah. <laughs> i stabbed him and you, and you just realize like anybody really believing in you know especially now granted maybe people that do it every day of their life but the idea that after a couple classes i can block the wrist yes. and grab the elbow and turn it and get a more grip come on never, never. come on never and I mean, that's, I'll, I'll, I'll get to mount on somebody and have an arm under control. And then I sit there like a moron for like 20 seconds going, okay, my right hand on his wrist and my left on, no, wait, it's the other hand. You know, I can't imagine taking a three hour seminar on a Saturday and being like, nice. If a guy comes at me with a knife, we're going to be solid. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, it's completely nonsensical. It's, it's Jim Carrey. You stabbed me wrong. You remember him doing the karate guy? Yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Luckily, I moved my internal organs so nothing got hit. <laughs> See, and there again, this, the satirical version is the most accurate it representation, is. right? It is. You're supposed to come at me <laughs> yeah. like this. Oh, I, There's a meme floating around right now, something like, uh, stop fighting back so I can teach you martial arts or something yeah. like that. Like, uh, uh. Well, We just had it... Um, it was great because I got, uh, I don't use names, but I got a couple of, of Egan cops that come in. Good. And we've got, um, we've done a lot of work on, you know, trying to get a, a he's a huge advocate of trying to get, you know, the, the, the whole group of guys in of some sort or to get some hand-to-hand stuff. And then, you know, you they're running into all sorts of roadblocks as typical, but we had a monster guy, big, big dude, XD1 athlete that takes boxing. Uh, and you know what those guys are like, just no ability to control the volume on muscle, right? Just like it's either spaz 100, plus he's athletic, plus he's strong, or, or zero. Like just hasn't figured that out yet, two, three classes in. 
Well, I keep putting those two together and like the light bulbs going off in this, in this, he's a good buddy of mine, this cop's head going, I tried to do the single leg the way I'm supposed to. And he wouldn't, I couldn't even move his leg. Yeah. He's a monster. right? Yeah. And then you're trying to take him down. The guy's just standing there. I'm like, well, there's, there's a handful of lessons in here. It's like one, this is where you spend a lot of time on the little details of the technique because they really matter. And two, you start to realize, okay, this might work in competition. It's only my size, but you profile your jujitsu into, okay, if he's six, four and muscular, I'm, I'm not taking a single leg, right? You're going to try and get around the waist and, and create a trip and get him off balance. Mm -hmm. But you, I can't ankle pick him. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Or especially yeah. if he's throwing a punch, like it, it, there's some reality to it and it's been great for him. I, I love it. Just to, just like you talked about, you, you start to wait out the bullshit and start to see, okay, this is, if it's real, if I really have a guy this big and he's a monster, I, I, I got to be prepared and I got to be dialed in. Well, and not only that, but I got to have a specific tactic or a specific response in mind, mm. right? Yeah. 5'4", ain't the same as 6'5", like you're saying. And again, this comes back to why you're doing jiu-jitsu. You know what I mean? Like, I love our young guys that are doing it for competition and... They grab a collar and they drop on the ground. Interlock legs, 50-50 guards, start working ankles. Awesome. Unless someone's punching. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's not taking anything away from them. I love it. Go get it. Chase competition jiu-jitsu. It's a beautiful art form and, and it's great. Because um, there is also some reality. Like if, if I'm squared off with Marcus and he gets a collar and drops down and I start throwing punches, I'm probably still a little screwed. You know what I mean? Like, unless I land one right, I just go on big guy, full aggro, don't really know how to throw a punch, but I know how to get pissed. He's going to maneuver himself yeah, well enough. Possibly, you yes. know. I mean, yeah. I mean, you still run the risk of, like, your face was completely open because you're grabbing my lapel and twisting yeah. your leg around yeah. my arm. I see what you're saying. But at the same time, like, he's going to off-balance me. And, right. Yeah. And I guess that's that's where you you can play the what-if game a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And he's... You know, there's a reason why he's a black belt in the level he is. And even yeah. as a small guy, he's very hard to hold on. So, yeah, he's got a much better chance. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Marcus has a lot more cards in his hand being a smaller jiu-jitsu black belt with his skill ability than a small guy without anything. Oh, definitely. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. So, yeah. You start comparing like a hierarchy list yeah. and how you're going to end up matching up. Well, it's like an infinite conversation at that point. I have the hardest time with him because it's... It, Me too. <laughs> yeah, it goes against everything that we... You know, I really have to change my jiu-jitsu game um because you, you you do rely on squeeze and pressure mm -hmm. and big mm -hmm. guy stuff and mm -hmm. i want the neck and i want his arms and if i don't spend a whole lot of time figuring out how to get past that guard and hold on to him i could want the neck all i want it doesn't change that i can't get it so yeah. it's, it's he's incredibly talented and fun to play with because it does and now when you slow your game down and learn how to play with him and then you go back to the big guys and you bring a little bit of that principle to it yeah, never ending, man. I love it. Yeah, for sure. Love it. Yeah, the the <clears throat> two of the three guys I've rolled with most recently, strange times as they are, I've got a hundred pounds on each of them, probably more, and it's completely different yeah. from like my usual roles of like Big Blue Belt Jesse or Micah or you yep. know guys that you tend to drift to just because it's like, well, you are my same height. That yep. is neat, you know. Then you start just giving up a hundred pounds or taking a hundred pounds and you realize this isn't necessarily good for me. I think I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's deliberate. 
Yesterday I was like right next to the mic, you know. That's the that's the acoustics for the show. I know it's um it's been a crazy crazy run, and I man, I talked to I just had this conversation the other day. I was with one of my coaches that from CrossFit this joined Jiu-Jitsu. And she was a little upset because she's like, listen, I, I can only come. It's very intense. And she's like, I can only come once, maybe twice a week. And, and it's frustrating for me because she, she's like an all in or nothing. And I'm like, man, I, I, I get that. Absolutely. You control what you can control. But I mean, the, I said that the flip side to this is when I bought my gym, the intent was that I would still be working and I would own a cool little place where we would roll every night and just become nail guns, right? And I would work six nights a week rolling, and I would get my black belt. Like, this whole perception. Yeah. Man, I got washed down the stream in about eight minutes of owning mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I had to teach a boxing class. I had to, because we, we had boxing and jiu-jitsu right off the bat, but we were in a small little hole in the wall. This is your second or third space for this one? First. Oh, this, where we're right now? where you are right now. Second. This is second, so this yeah. is the first one, okay. The first one, down the other side of Egan. It's the shit warehouse that we rented space in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll show you pictures after, but anyways... Man, I, I spent more time off the mat trying to make the business run. Yeah, somebody's got to turn the lights on some days. Yeah, and it was just like I ended up, there was guys, you know, I use Adam Franco as a good example. Like I remember I was a three or four stripe blue belt. I don't know if you know him or not. He's a black belt under under uh, Greg and Ish and then went to New York and great dude. Oh, okay. Um, he was an unbelievable Muay Thai fighter at the academy. I would make fun of all the guys in their pajamas and I'm doing jujitsu and, and we worked at the same place. We worked at Wells Fargo together. And I would keep talking to him about, man, you got to try jujitsu. You got to come in there. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I kick and I punch and whatever. And, and finally, he tried it. It's like everybody else. Hook was set, done. Throws himself into jujitsu. This guy bypasses me <laughs> like a Porsche Cayenne on the road, and I'm in a Volkswagen. Like just yeah. left me in the yeah. dusk. Gets his black belt, you know. And you're watching this, going, "What? I'm happy for you, but." Go back to Muay Thai. Yeah, right? I, that's that's the path I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. a guy that, that can just for sure. He didn't, he didn't have to run to Europe for four months mm-hmm. at, at a time mm-hmm. to make enough money to keep the gym running over the winter when I didn't have hockey in the summer. And that's not a it, absolutely it, not. Now yeah. I'm 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 fine with it. At the time, you you know, just like you're preaching to students to overcome their insecurities. I was dealing with my own the imposter syndrome, the whole bit, everything, mm-hmm. everything that people deal with. And I think that's where it's so important as gym owners and coaches to open the communication into this stuff that's not talked about a lot and not just, yeah, yeah, no, it, it'll get better. Don't worry. Yeah, no, everybody everybody has that plateau. Like to actually bring a little empathy into it of like, man, let me tell you a story. <laughs> you know, like this is where I was yeah. and these guys came in and they were just gifted and they blew past me and getting tapped by a white belt when I was, you know, four stripes of purple and all those things. Everything that everybody takes as a shot at, at their manhood and and, a, yeah. and an easy escape for failure and to quit. You got to communicate those things because it's, and people comparing themselves. Man, it's the worst thing. Worst thing. 45 family, kids, full career, start jujitsu, fall in love with it, and then they're staring at these, you know, 19 to 25-year-olds that want to do it for a living, drill all day. And they're like, well, I just can't do anything with him. I'm, I'm a failure. Yeah. Like, man, that's, that's perspective. He lives with his parents still. Calm down. Leave Marcus out of this. You don't have to be mean to him. I meant Siobhan, but yeah, Marcus too, you know? Honestly, we we could just do the list of them, you know? Because right as you started saying that, I'm like, this is not a theoretical example. I can give you the names, you know? 
just busting his balls. For sure, for sure. But yeah, that's it, it, it's so much about perspective. And like, until you find jujitsu for yourself, and you don't realize that at the beginning, because it's all brand new, right? It's all, it's all new. And you're just excited, and you expect to be bad. But it's when you get a little bit of time in, and you, you know, I often tell guys, especially at the beginning, the white to blue, even blue to purple, man, if you took jujitsu and gave it to an investment banker, you know, and, and use it in that paradigm, uh, you would pull your money out instantly because the return on investment sometimes is not great. You're less than 1% for a long time. But, you know, that learning curve that looks like the horizon for the first four years and or two years, three years, and then it starts to rise. Then all of a sudden, the new person comes in and my pass, my side control, as soon as they start to move, I'm already on the other side because I know this chess game and, you know, I put my bishop up and they're chasing the bishop. My rook is here to take that. And you're like, okay. All right. Now I see why I invested so long for so little, right? Yeah. I love checkers. (laughs) You're a power lifter. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, man. Pick it up, put it down. Even worse, my primary uh, competitive pursuit was strongman. Like, there's not even rules. It was up and now it's down. Cool. Rock and roll. There's no form or nothing. Um, I got to be honest, the first time that that tournament or that uh, whatever they call them, competition. Meet, yeah. And I watched those guys. I mean, I laughed so hard. And I didn't, I was, bless everybody needs something. There's people that collect toy trains. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, good yeah. for you. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. But when I saw them come in for that, that one guy that's over there with the, with the big, he's a truck driver, tattoo on his head and the mm-hmm. big uh, horn in his nose. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. He's probably 5'1", f- right? It's not a shot of him. He's a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. But he came in to do the deadlift. And I mean, he went almost to the splits. I mean, it, mm-hmm. feet were at the at yeah. the weights. Same, same here. He goes down. I mean, two and a half inches, gets his weight, lives. Thank you, McQueen. Let me drop. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This far. yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay, somebody, somebody, stop this. There has to be a rule here. Like, it's different for a guy that's that short. I don't know. I didn't that's, understand that's, it. So no, like, but it, 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 the bench is even worse when you get to guys who have the mobility and the limb structure to get to a really fantastic position within the rules for the bench press. And you watch it and you're like, it moved three quarter inch off his chest, but it's legal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it meets the the requirements. His elbows yeah. were bent and then they were straight. It paused on the chest when they were bent. Like, yeah. But you just you just go. It, it's a lot like a lot of jujitsu stuff where you're like, you know, Paulie is as tall as he is. I'm as tall as I am. He weighs what he weighs, and I weigh what I weigh. And he's going to be better at some stuff, and I theoretically at some point will be better at other stuff. It's just some guys are built for this, some guys yeah. are built for that. But there is totally a comical element to some of yeah. that where you're like, it didn't really move a lot. Is that the idea here? You yeah. know what? So this is. The, I have to ask this. I, I feel like I should know it. Can you explain the purpose of the two by fours on the chest? The fuck's that all about? There's a couple different things. Um, so that that's gonna be most applicable to shirted benching. So that meat you held was a geared meat. So guys were like wrapping the knees yeah. and they had the suits on bizarro denim arms in the air suits yeah. and stuff like that, right? So that is one you're addressing a very specific range of motion. So that like the bench shirt is all about reverb off the chest. Okay. So a shirted bench. Shirt adventurer is going to spend a lot of time getting good at their lockout. Okay. Because the shirt does a fair bit of work at the bottom, but not so much at the top. Okay. So you're addressing that specific top range of motion. Top 30% of the lift. 
or whatever percentage because yeah. yeah you'll see four and five boards when you get out to the crazy stuff but ones and twos are real common it's also good for shirt adventure still that they're given an easier target to get to because yeah. learning to use a shirt is like hard you can't just put a shirt on and have a big bench all of a sudden it's it's like almost a different sport in and of itself so you use it as a target for working that bar down which is weird to think about that it's hard to bring a big heavy weight down but it is because just the nature of the gear i'm learning something but you know it's, i'm sure it's the same thing if those guys ever watched jiu-jitsu but i remember my wife watching it before she tried it and and i would be so interested in the match you know whoever was rolling uh if they were fast and good and, and she'd be like I, I don't know what they're doing it just looks like two hamsters yeah. playing like yeah. i don't get and i'm watching like oh look at that pass she's like what what would happen i didn't see it I'm like, you kidding me? It's just two blobs, like two blobs yeah. of human close together. Yeah. yeah, I can relate to that. Well, it goes back to what you kind of leaned into on the first UFC, and the announcers were like, he's grabbing his leg. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now you'd be like, yeah, he's definitely yeah. grabbing his leg. Then yeah. what? You know, Those are even really- Rogan, he didn't yeah. didn't know all the answers, you know, in the way he was describing stuff. So, yeah, if you're looking at a language you don't speak, yeah. it just sounds like noise. And that's that. that- Ties, that's a great um, expression for why I don't really like it as much anymore because it's kind of a glorified bar fight now, in my opinion. Sure. Four-ounce gloves, guys swinging for the fences, good good boxing and kick. I mean, there's not as much. It's like any sport that was really cool at the beginning and then the high, that, that top 1% came out and then it became a very skilled game to that level. But you don't get to see the Damian Mayas, in my opinion, anymore or like the... You know, the guys that we really liked, or I really liked, that would compensate against the striker and immediately, you know, George St. Pierre's takedowns and, like, um, uh, Matt uh, Sarah's, you know, his jiu-jitsu. And, and like, uh, so it just, just everybody kind of had a very unique skill. I mean, the last one that I kind of think where you saw uniqueness die off, this is my opinion. I'm sure there's guys that watch the UFC all the time. They're better than I am at explaining mm-hmm. it. But, mm-hmm. um uh, Chuck Liddell got so good at knocking guys out going backwards, right? Like he would be, they'd, let, they'd rush in and he could deliver a tremendous amount of power backing up over and over and over and over. Guys are rushing in, he's clocking them, clocking them. And then, and then he went against, uh, I, the, I think they were on the, the, the uh, Ultimate Fighter together and then they fought, huh? No, it was a... It was Tito? A, no, it was a black guy, the really fucking strong... I'll think of his name, but anyways, he came in. He they came into the. It was it was one of the first ones that he got knocked out, or got yeah. really knocked out. He came in and just sat and waited, and all of a sudden Chuck Liddell had to come forward, and you just saw the game change of someone that had the yeah. foresight to go. You know what? I'm not chasing you. No, come and get me. And when Chuck came in, then the the counter, and it was it was lights out, and you just saw his his game. Now you know finally someone figured out. Oh, I know what they're doing. They're using yeah. the queen to go to this corner, and then it's checkmate. I'm not going to that corner. It's, it's it's king me yeah. actually yeah oh. <laughs> well so that's like another layer of the like the wrestler refusing to stand and throw hands with the boxer kind of thing yeah so that's even more recent than than i was thinking because it's actually got I, I say this all the time ufc and strongman ufc mma and strongman and even crossfit all kind of have parallel lifelines because it was these all these group of people over here all do a similar thing 
these group of people over here all do a similar thing and those people all do a similar thing. Let's mash it all together and see what happens. But you're kind of saying that as MMA is homogenized more and more where like I got good takedown, I got good jujitsu and I got good striking. It's just a matchup of two guys with good overall skill sets rather than the craft here and this craft here seeing which one plays out. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. I I think the thing that it's probably a personal thing. I think the thing that sure. I got the bitter taste in my mouth was when I took um, I took one of our fighters. Uh, he was a Muay Thai guy, hadn't done a whole lot of jujitsu, but we took him to. Uh, I went to the the was it the uh, what was the what was before the UFC the lightweight stuff WEC. Yeah, the WEC, right? And so we went to Ohio, went to the Arnold Classic, and the WEC, and he fought there. And I mean. You know, you know what these guys, they, they live on nothing. They train all day. Can't even pay a gym membership. You get there, they're, they're so excited because they've got signed a contract. It's four grand to fight, four grand to win. Oh, by the way, there's a $25,000 knockout of the night bonus available. Yeah, right. Well, now you got a guy that's like, I got my game plan, fault. which is on the ground, yeah. but twenty-five grand. i never seen that much money. I'm going to swing for the fences and just see <laughs> if I win. Well, then it's, a, then it's not fucking fair anymore. It's not... It's not it doesn't showcase the. I know what you're doing. You're appeasing to the crowd, right? It's that Roman, Roman uh, uh, philosophy of keep them fed, keep them entertained. Like mm-hmm. unless there's blood, no one wants to see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I just plus I'm getting older, and I and I I'm running my business. I don't have time to guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys. Now that I talk to that are yeah. are interested in the UFC, you're so dialed into it and all wound up about it. I'm just like, man, I don't have the energy. Well, that it's also about. like something like a part-time job. Like yeah. Dana did an, a brilliant thing. He like reversed the Don King effect and put it back on regular TV, mm-hmm. but it's back on regular TV, like three nights a week. And there's a pay-per-view, bro. I got to go to work. Yeah. Like I want to follow this. It's entertaining, but Jesus, yeah. just stuff that, to do. Do you see so-and-so with that head kick? No. <laughs> I was there. I didn't even know there was a UFC. Well, yeah, there's one every yeah. 48 hours. Monday, now. Tuesday, I, Thursday, yeah. and then you got to pay big for the one on Saturday. Yeah, that one starts at 4 p.m. It'd be over by 1:30 though. <laughs> you need three different connections. They got to have a paid connection. You got to pay for this app, and the first part's on TV. It's like what? This is horseshit. Yeah. I don't yeah. care enough. You man. remember when it was every three months and you got so excited and like got everybody together because it was a pay per view. Right? Was or better money. yet, when you got lucky at the Blockbuster and found the VHS and you're like, yeah, and you got to watch it and yeah. just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I actually get Blockbuster. a. I was talking to Marcus about this the other night after class with a couple guys. Like I, about going to Blockbuster or something no, tells me he no, never did that. Blockbuster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we would, I would get a kick out of watching. Now I kind of enjoy it. You go back and you watch the, like the Waleed Ishmael. Uh, like the early, early jujitsu matches in like the nineties mm-hmm. and to see these guys that were, you know, at the time cutting edge, but it was so basic, you know, and I, I hopefully none of them ever listened to this cause I don't yeah. want them coming after me. It's not a shot at them. It was just like the, the game has changed. Yeah, who's basic but, now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would come in and be like a, it would be like a double leg takedown to the guard. And then they would go, you know, hands in the hip, knee in the middle, trying to break the guard and mm-hmm. the guys trying to hold on the guard open. And then he would, you know, knee slice pass to get to side control. And this is at the highest level black belt. And now yeah. you watch Gordon Ryan lay on his side with his legs open, you know, and, and the shit that they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's just to see that progression. It's, it's funny, but you watch the old ones and you're like, 
you could reverse them so easily right now. We covered this on Tuesday. Like, <laughs> yeah, you go yeah. through this every night. White belts do this stuff, right? The yeah. leg's in the air. Let's hook it and go. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say is, yeah, knee slice pass to side control. It sounds very familiar. And I've only been at this a year. Like, you know, let's let's just do that. Yeah. But back then, I mean, I was, I was telling them, too. Broadly, just the idea of using your legs yeah. is was an innovation, right? So we, uh, I, I told them, I remember I was probably, I don't know how long I was in jujitsu, a couple, couple months or maybe a year. And we saw a tournament and the very first person to use a Delaheva sweep, but it was the old school one where I went right through the legs and grabbed the far side sleeve and reversed them over and then passed the legs. And everybody was just like, yeah, mind blown. What is that? Like, let's go to the match right now and try and figure that out. It was, it was the simplest, you know, 99% of the kids now that have done jiu-jitsu for more than a week drop and hook a leg, right, on the ins- inside. Of it. It's just so common now. But I remember when that pass happened, everybody was like, oh, the game's changing yeah, now. Yeah, I was about to say it's the game-changing yeah. phrase, right? You could hook the two legs and pass with that, holding on to a collar. Are you kidding me? This is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that, maybe that shows that we're getting old more than anything. Who? Eh? Well. You I'm two spe- guys? No, I'm speaking to myself there. How, how, old, how old are you? 45. Nice. Yeah. You? you made it, brother. Good job. <laughs> Hon- honestly, 35. All right. Yeah. That's not that young. I mean, no, you're, I'm not saying no, you're old, but, it, no. you know, you're only 10 behind me. What are you, Polly? I'm 43. Right, oh, see. 43. When did you start jiu-jitsu? Uh, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Done. Love it. What year did you start? How? What age? How about that? 30. 30. Because I'm 15 years. Yeah, starting at 30. I got my sign-up sheet hung above my door. It's funny. I found it. We're going through old papers and doing all, and I found my sign-up sheet to Paul Petuchin's on, ironically, now what a, what a date, but it was September 11th, 2005. I think it was a five, 15, whatever it was. But uh, yeah, I found my, I, so I framed it. it, and put five, it up. Yeah. Does five put me at 15 years? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do the yeah. math. Yeah. Give or take a little bit. Well, when, when did you get your black belt? It was just this year, right? Yeah. Was it in well, September? I'm coming. No, it was February. Oh, it's February. Yeah, yeah okay. so I'm coming up on one year now. So just short of 15 years, you yeah. got it. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. I took the fast track. <laughs> you, well, you got there, which yeah. puts you in the top, you That's know, true. half of 1% or whatever, right? Which is and so it, ironic because it, like, these are the lessons. It goes back you, to that Chris Howder quote you started yeah. with. And these, these lessons that you try and explain to people, like, I wouldn't change, a, I wouldn't change a thing. Like all the times I was so frustrated that people were getting better than me. So frustrated I had to leave for hockey. So frustrated I had to go and spend, you know, like up until, up until two years ago, I was 10, between 10 and 12 days a month in LA. And then when it came to camp, we were a minimum of three weeks plus three one-week trips in during the summer for development camps. Like every single, it, it's like you would leave. I would be there for 10 days. I would come home, have a day of getting ready. Like you were gone half the month. So it's like you train for two weeks, off for two weeks. Train for two weeks, off for two weeks. And you get a couple, three days each of those two weeks to train or? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't train in LA. I tried yeah. to go to a couple of gyms, but like we're busy and then there's development nights and right. whatever else, right? So that just stunts your growth like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I did that for nine years. And so like, but, you know, you fast forward and all the things that I had to, I learned in my, for myself and, and, and then to put it into that, situation not to get emotional i still can't watch the video it's funny i still can't because i'd never thought i had no idea this even all the years that i've been that i would ever get it at my gym sure. i just presumed you would go because everything i had seen 
You yeah, know, when yeah. Jack got his, yeah. I, you always you went to their gym, the mm-hmm. big ceremony, all these minions that I don't know who they are, and the, you know the pigeons up there that I don't know who they are. The black mm-hmm. belts, good for them. I don't know them. Yeah. Right. And that that stuff matters to me more now than it ever did. Like I want my group around me. You right. Get older and you get. So when it came to last year, and it was the twenty seventh, was right before we closed down, and and it was my birthday, and all of my old jujitsu guys came in and we had and tons of people were there and we had food up front my wife did an unbelievable job and ish was there i thought it was for my birthday yeah that's perfect and so to get it that night you know yeah. goosebumps now but mm-hmm. I, yeah i wouldn't change a thing that's wouldn't perfect. change a thing it was just it was perfect fucking perfect nice. one of the one of the best nights of my life did was that before training that night or was it at the end it was at the end okay yeah we did the we did the whole thing and then and then Ish did uh, some sort of a game. You'll see if I, I'll, I'll send you the video. I, I no, I think I watched it. Yeah, you did some game where like you had to put your belt in the corner and then you had to face someone and it's like all right, I'm gonna count down, get ready, I'm gonna count down from ten. So we started counting down from ten, and I stood up. I'm like ten. Just start from three. You know, I started to turn around. He yells at me, you know, and I'm like, all right, I'm down six, five. You know, while well, he was getting the belt down, yes, bring yes. it to me. And so uh, yeah. Just, Shows that I had no idea. None. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, it was good, real good. He did a little bit of that similar thing with with uh, Marcus and them. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, we're we're bringing Jared down. It's going to be a big training weekend. Make sure you guys show up. And he just made sure the guys he wanted there were going to be there. Yeah, he he's played, a sly dog. Yeah, he played a little coy there too, talking about purple belts. You know, yeah. When you get the purple belt, blah blah blah, and then he pulled out the three black belts, uh, and all three of those guys, absolute animals. I get to roll with them and. Love them, Ethan and and uh, and Kevin, Kevin yeah. and Marcus. Well earned. Yeah, those guys are good. Real good. Been a fun run. Can't believe how long it is. But what's your favorite Chris Farley movie? <laughs> We're going to lighten things up. I thought it was going to be a philosophy question. No, no. No? Okay. All right. You're a Chris Farley guy? Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day? Back in the day. I mean. I mean, there's. Come on. Two two big ones. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. Hurts here. Not not here here so much, but right here. (laughs) That's right. It doesn't get any better than that. What about Beverly Hills Ninja? I mean, just to stay half on topic. Yeah. No, he was. uh, (laughs) He was kind of grasping at that point. Yeah. Hey, aren't we all? Yeah. No, he was a. uh, His documentary is sad, man. It is brutal. Yeah, the funnier and bigger somebody gets, yeah. the worse that documentary is going to be. I know. And There's and like and a lot of pain behind those smiles, behind so that laughter. Much. You know, and and especially in all the things we just talked about, that you think people in that position. Yeah, the, we we it, know this is wrong, but it it just seems that way, yeah. right? Yeah. But you also you don't think the insecurities are there, mm. and you realize how shallow and nonsense it is. You know, like that a guy like that. But I mean, I've 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 had the the privilege of being around, at least in the sporting world, a lot of superstars, right? And and Derek Bugard was my best friend. Um, I don't know if you remember him or not. I don't know nothing about it. Okay. I see Paulie not his head, but he's a hockey guy. I'm not a hockey guy. Yeah. So Boogie, was, he's just picture and all this stuff at my gym. He was an absolute monster. He was six eight, two sixty. He he was one of maybe four guys that were over three hundred pounds and over. Uh, seven feet when they played, right? And he was the hands down top three leagues toughest guy. Fought everybody. That's all he did. Just a monster and um, a really interesting 
uh, there's, I won't get into the stories, but interesting story on how we connected and why he bought into me um, versus anybody else. Sure. I mean, I, you had to see my gym. It was get, get into the story. So um, Derek, he was a Canadian guy and he came down to, uh, he was in Minnesota and it was his first year getting called up. Not a great hockey player per se, but what he did, I mean, you, you want chills, just go in and start looking at some of the things he did. And like when we fought, you know, broke Fedork's face basically. It, and, and Fridge came to his funeral. Yeah, I'm, Todd Fedork was at his funeral. I had to give the, the, uh, the eulogy there. Is it eulogy? I think so. That's what it's called, right? But anyway, so, so Derek came. Um, he was playing up in Minnesota, and one of my best friends was a video coach for the Wild, a guy that I did hockey camps with for, for years. He was a video coach there. And he, play, he was coy about it. He's like, I don't want him to know that I know you. But I'm gonna. I told his agent, like, because Derek was looking for a boxing gym. He had boxed since he was like 15. He was actually good at boxing, per se. Like, he wasn't just a brawler. He could he could punch. And so, um, his his agent got a hold of me. Said, you know, Derek's looking for a gym. He'd like to come down and see it. So, I'd worked with a handful of hockey players, but nobody at his at his level, as far as the stardom. Right? He was the, he's still the number one. F- uh, he was the biggest fan draw in, in Minnesota. I think they just came out with that not that long ago. He was here for five, six years. So he, his first year, season's over, it's the summer. He comes down and he comes to my gym. And I'm in there, there's no one in there. This is when we were only open Tuesday, Thursday nights and Saturday mornings for jiu-jitsu. And I had a boxing ring in there. And he came came walking in and he was massive and he was very standoffish. I'm like, hey, Derek, how are you doing? Jeremy, like, welcome to my place. And blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, good. Good to meet you. So he walks up the in, in the lobby, walks up the old concrete stairs into the upper level where we had the, the warehouse. And he's like, yep, yeah, all right. This will do. He said, I'll, I'm, I'll come back tomorrow. Just make sure nobody's here. It's like 10 o'clock. I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. For, I'll make sure no one's here. And he leaves. So I'm like, maybe this is how superstars are. Like, I don't know, right? I, <laughs> yeah, I'd met yeah. a few people, but not. I hadn't been involved in the world that much. And I'm like, no, okay, so the next day, I'm, I'm there at 8.30, getting ready for 10 o'clock. You know, I got all the stuff out. I got my pads out. I got a workout set up. I'm ready to train this guy. And he comes into the gym, and he's like, uh, all right, uh, you and I got a spar. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> right? He'd have to duck to go through that door. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, spar. He's like, yeah, get your, get your wraps and gloves on. We're going to go a couple rounds. Well, at that moment, I mean, you, you, I, I'm tensing up even thinking about it because it's it's the worst case scenario he's a massive guy i'm supposed to train him if i get knocked out or if i get beat up like you know how's it gonna look on me yeah. plus then who knows like you know your mind plays actual all injuries yeah, who, knows? Who, who knows right it was more about the pride thing than it was actual injuries but. <laughs> so i'm like that's what he wants you know so i get hand wraps on of course i wasn't boxing that much anymore i i bought the gym and jujitsu was now my passion and mm-hmm. and um but i'm like all right so we get our gloves on Jim's quiet. There's not even music on. Put our gloves, get in the ring, set the timer for two minutes, and we start going at it. And, I mean, I'm like a spider monkey. Like, I'm all over the place because I couldn't stand in front of the guy. I could barely get in the mid-range. Like, I'm throwing jabs and then ducking under and winging around, throwing wild hooks because he's huge. Yeah. And he's throwing punches. I remember clocking me once, just caught me square. I think it might even been with a, with a jab. And right into the ropes, stars. You know, I got my, my gloves up. He waits for me to come back off. I broke his tooth. 
I got a picture of it. He had a fake tooth, you know? So afterwards he's smiling. There's just this little silver thing down. But anyways, we went, we went two rounds. Didn't talk between the two, two minute rounds. Didn't talk between the two rounds. As soon as it was over, we sit down on the side of the ring. He's fucking right. It's Clarky. Awesome, man. Around my neck. Fucking love it. Starts taking off. Just starts talking. Like, a, like a, an old friend. Just mm-hmm. chatting up and talking mm-hmm. about hockey. Like just the door just opened. And I, I couldn't understand what, what just happened. And then he started to explain. He's like, listen, I went to four gyms in Minnesota and no one would spar me. He goes, I didn't care how you did it. So yeah, I was going to say, regardless of what actually yeah. happened, he the says, fact I, you were like, sure. He says, I just want to see if you had sand, if you had balls. Of course, now, you, like, had he said that at the beginning, it would have been like, okay, fuck, I got to do this. Let's do it. You know, but I didn't know that. And yet it was that, you know, I talked to my young players all the time about that opportunity came up and I had a million reasons why not to do it. And if I hadn't done it, he would never stayed because that's what happened at all the other gyms. Right. And they all wanted him. They were going to train him for free and use the advertising. He's like, no, I'm, I'm coming down here and I'll pay you. And we ended up becoming best friends. Had keys to my house. I remember, I think it was two years later, Jen and I were, were traveling and all of a sudden I get a call from him. And he's like, how do I order the UFC? I got five players right at your house. <laughs> he's in my living room, you know, and we're like, we're in Canada visiting family. I'm like, I, I don't know, man. Like, you know. <laughs> call pay-per-view I'm not sure I've never done it you know he's trying to figure it out on my tv but one of the best guys anyways the whole point of the story was hanging out with him to see the ridiculousness of people enamored with a superstar Mm. they turn into mutants and I mean I'm talking about grown men whose eight-year-olds are embarrassed you know what I mean like they couldn't even people couldn't even function normally some did but like a lot of people were just and you would just get sick of people. And like, it, it gave me a whole new perspective to be in that limelight of like, and I got, I got so many cool pictures of him. He would come down, they had a day off or they'd finished practice. They weren't playing for two days and we got Tuesday night jujitsu and he would come down and be sitting on my couch in my office while everybody's checking in and he's on his phone and like, he's, he loved guns and he loved anything. He's always buying shit, you know, and Clark, look at this, look at this thing, look at this one, you know, and I'm talking to someone at the front desk and they're like, is that Derek, is that Derek back there? I'm like, yeah, just leave him alone. He's fucking buying toys. What are, you, what are you interested in? You know, like trying to trying to sell a membership. He would just sit there mm-hmm. every night, just loved it. Um, yeah, one of, the, one of the best dudes. That was, uh, uh, fuck. Yeah, Jen, we, Jen and I, I was the one, that, both Jen and I were there, but I was the one that put him to bed the night he died. Um. And so, yeah, that was that was a tough one. That, that changed a lot of things. I don't think I've been downtown since six, seven years ago, because we used to be downtown all the time, and you know, uh, hanging out with him all the time. And he just loved. It was amazing because as soon as you didn't want something from him, and I found this with a lot of the guys, even LA guys, as soon as they realize you don't want anything from them, there's a sense of oh, okay, you know, you're normal. It's genuine, genuine. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to find, and then they they open up, you know, but. I mean, we people. The amount of people at the bar at like Sneaky Pete's that would ask him to punch them was astounding. <laughs> like it was phenomenal. You, I, 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 I can't even. I can't even. Begin. I'm not all monsters, right? Like, so this is this is. I'll just. I'll give you a scenario of like what would happen on a constant basis. We would be there, and I'm like this. You know, I'm this hobbit next to him, right? I'm me and Hodor are out at the at the bar, and these. U, U of M football players would come up and like, they'd be like five of them, you know, on the yeah. offensive line, whatever. And like 
fuck boogie just just so i could say he could do it just fucking throw a punch I, i'm not no I'm not punching you guys and like of course drunk and belligerent come on boogie you gotta boogie i gotta tell everybody i got punched by you boogie on and on and on and on, and on. finally he'd be like listen you got to stop asking me or i'm i'll set my boxing coach loose on you and all these guys would be like <laughs> him that's the guy he's like yeah right here you know and then he'd turn you know and he'd be kind of laughing go off to the bar so we'd be wandering and every so often i'd look over and just get like f- these five absolute monster mutants just eyeballing me <laughs> just staring down their nose at me I'm like why why do you say this shit he's like oh, who cares it's funny i'm here like it's not a big deal like guys are just huge yeah but he um yeah every at least once a week some idiot had, and like a, like a grown man with his kid, we'd be on the street and they'd come up and, Derek! He's like, hey, how you doing? Ah, boogie! He's like, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, this is, I can't, fuck, I can't believe I'm meeting you. This is like, forget about the kid, right? <laughs> this is the dad. And like, he just like, they would just mumble. And you'd be like, well, bud, are you, come on. Like, if you saw yourself right now, you, yeah. you. Get a grip. Get a grip. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts. You're not going to remember a monster like that hitting you, but your friends are going to be able to tell you that it happened. Yeah. Why would you do that? I, yeah. I'll, next time you come down, I'll, I'll show you the picture. He was uh, such a good dude. Well, there was just a uh, like a viral video of was it Dan Henderson kicking his his his, his, his uh, son-in-law, future son-in-law, yeah, or whatever. Like, yeah. And you see the knee bend the way that knees aren't supposed to bend. Like what? Why? 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 What I, in the I didn't world? See, I didn't see that part. I just saw like the video of some of it. It's from a real head. quick clip. Yeah. But there's there's one out there where they slow it down and they put a circle around the knee and you're like, it's not supposed to bend mm. that way. You know, who knows what actually happened with it. But I, it's, that is just madness. Hey, there's a guy that can kick some ass. I want him to kick my ass. Yeah. What? But, <laughs> Stupid. It, I mean, you tell me this isn't, not to get too deep, but I mean, this, mm. is, this is where society is coming. Like, Ignorance and stupidity is, is like a, it's like a cherished trait, right? Intelligence and common sense is a thing of the past. In fact, I don't know if you can find it. I mean, this is why I love our gym because it, it's at the end of the day, when you come in there, you can't lie in the ring. You can't lie in the mats. You can lie on the mats, but it's a different definition. You can't lie and say you're something. Yeah. Great. Come on yeah. in. Oh, I used to, I, I mean, it's the, one of the best things. I finally did it one time. Cause it was about the fourth person that had come in for boxing and tell me, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know about boxing with all the stuff on. I'm a street fighter. <laughs> and I mean, you would think this is a joke, you know, like someone's, I've had it happen. I, I scouts on her. I've had people say this. Right. And so we've got little Eddie, um, uh, one of my, he's 16, but he's like 60 some fights. He's got two silver glove belts, just an absolute little animal. Oof. And so, but nicest kid you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Works for me, teaches kids class. Just an absolute gem of a human. But I'd be like, oh, street fight, great. You know what? I need you. Well, what do you mean you need me? Well, this, this long, young kid there, he's winning a couple of matches, but he's, you know, he's wearing all that headgear and pads and yeah, stuff, you know? Yeah. I need you to teach him a lesson. Like, put, put gloves on, but, you know, show him what street fighters do. Well, I don't. I'm like, no, no, man. I'm so glad you're here. It's awesome. Like, you're in it now. Because, Eddie, Eddie, get your gloves on and warm up. Yeah, sure, coach. He's dressed up. You know, I'm like, you're going to love this. So I go get him a headgear and get him gloves. And, of course, now this, you know, wants nothing to do with it. But can't back up now, right? He's wrote, yeah. he's wrote the check. Trapped, yeah. Yep. And then he gets, and, I mean, it's just, you just watch someone get demoralized. 
body shot, shot to the head, slip out, another shot to the body. It's the best. And only, yeah, only I've only pushed Eddie in to do it one, once or twice, but the number of times that have, yeah, stupidity. Video. Hmm? Video. <laughs> Your phone takes video. <laughs> Utilize that. I, I can't even take pictures. I, I got to get better at that stuff. <laughs> I mean, this is why I have my, uh, this is why I have the, the uh, and, and I, I should, I didn't say enough of this when we did that last podcast. I'm going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. Minnesota top team is not my gym. That's Jenny's gym. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm the shiny spokes on the wheel. I built it, but she runs it. You know, it was, we met with a, with a, one of my CrossFit coaches is a sports psychologist. Unbelievable dude. This guy named Matt Mike. So, um, what a, just brilliant. And, uh, you know, we had sat and chatted with him a whole bunch and, and during the lockdown we had a little bit more time and he, he laid it out. You know, when you, when you meet somebody intelligent, it's fun to, to hear them talk because it's, they just line things. And he said real simply, he goes, I can see, because we would run into issues where I would get really upset with something and she, it wouldn't bother her. And then the flip would happen, right? I'd be like, what are you upset about that for? And it'd be, you know, she would be furious. And he laid it out really well. He's like, the equipment in the gym are yours, Jeremy. The business and the people are Jenny's, right? Yeah, you so got I'd, you got to know yourself and yeah. her personality too. So right? I'd see some, you know, CrossFit guy grabbing one of my rowers and going to take it out in the parking lot to do a workout in the sun. I'm like, no, get that back in here. Dirt all over shit, you know. Like, no, you don't do that. And she's like, they've been a member for three years. Of great people, don't. Who cares? I'm like, I I care. Well, you realize where the perspectives come, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we met. Um, I was doing jujitsu when we met and I think we started dating. I'll probably screw this up. But I think we started dating right when I bought it. And then right away, I mean, we weren't dating, but six months and I got the invite to go to Minsk to Belarus to be a strength coach in the KHL first year of the KHL. And my buddy was a GM over there and said, listen, I need a strength coach. Do you want to come over for four months and make a ton of money and live in Russia? And I mean, God bless her. She stuck with me because I don't think I would have done it if it was the other way around. But she sold her house, moved into my townhouse, took over my two dogs, still had a really high, high stress job uh, downtown, would come home at night, still in her dress clothes on her Blackberry and go to the gym and try and, you know, sign people up to jujitsu. No idea what was. And she just, man, yeah, without her, we would, uh, it would be a different conversation because I'd just be in a garage or. I'd be running a tow truck and still doing jujitsu. So yeah, she ran everything. That's 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 her gym. Been awesome. That was that was the best thing I ever did. Overclubbed. I didn't follow through on it, but I I got a hold of her and I I said uh, I'm gonna have Jeremy on this little podcast project I'm doing, and I want it to be sponsored by Minnesota Top Team. And as a part of that sponsorship, the guest will get a Minnesota Top Team T-shirt. <laughs> I, I said, but I wanted it to be a medium. <laughs> so I was going to sit here and hand you a medium-sized T-shirt to the gym you own. You just bring it back and put it back on the shelf, you know. Her idea was a bumper sticker. Yeah. And I said, yeah, you put it right on his sweatpants over the word juicy, right? <laughs> but I didn't follow through on yeah, that. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, she's she's an absolute gem. She takes care of everything, man. It to- allows, allows me to do what I do. and You know, I mean, it's it, it's just... It's a good, it's a good mix. It's, uh, it's why we're, we're lucky because we just, uh, we mesh well. I don't touch a computer. I can't answer the phone. I can't sign somebody up on a membership. 
I don't know what the prices are. Barely know what the schedule is. Like Sean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean. I'm telling you. I, I, I broke yeah. a rule of mine. I didn't call him front desk guy. Yeah, front but, desk guy. Yep. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know if you could harness the self-confidence in that kid and sell it. And I don't know where it comes from, but it's just like I've never seen anything like it. Like his perception of himself. Mm-hmm. And God bless him. He's he's un, he's great at what he does and and we couldn't you know, he's he's molded himself into a great spot there and I, and and we love what he does, but sometimes the shit that comes out of his mouth and you're just like it's one of those things where, like, a lot of times this would be a to a fault, but it's just working for you, brother. Keep it yeah, going. Yeah, just keep, just keep going. Hmm. I mean, I, I want to be the old person and, and put you in your place, and yet I'm, I'm more amazed at the fact that you believe it. <laughs> right? I think that the one comment that sticks with me was uh, overheard by my wife in the front. He was explaining to somebody that he's a black belt in personal training. <laughs> I'm just going to let that one sit. <laughs> I'm just going to let that marinate for a minute. Because... There's so many depths oh, to that, yeah. that, you know, and, and it, I mean, he, it, he just, he sells shit and he, he tries hard and he's a great kid. And yet, um, he has a gift. He has a gift of just believing that he's fucking good at everything and good for him. He won't, he, yeah, he probably won't deal with the insecurities. The rest of us idiots. Well, deal I, with, I was right? about to say the, the self crippling self doubt that everybody else deals with is probably far more expensive in terms of lifelong success and happiness than it is just a little bravado and a little yep. like, over, even over exaggerated sense of self-worth. And he will shit talk guys where you're just like, calm down, bud. <laughs> talk about jujitsu. And like, you know, I, wow, if we went on the mats, I'd, and you know, I'm like, I'm there wanting to be the referee because I don't want my front desk guy hurt. But on the other side, I'm just like, this is too fun not to watch. You know, like, okay, great. And he's taken some beatings for it and handled it well. And, you know, it didn't wound his pride because I don't think his pride can get wounded. I think well, it's, it's like, it's it's just bulletproof. The, and that's what I was going to say is on the other side, a guy like that needs the occasional reminder, right? Yeah, he is. I mean, I think it's just this, I don't want to paint a bad picture because he's, of course not, no. he's such a good kid, but um, young, yeah, young mentally young you know but jen gets on my case all the time because we've had some once in a while we'll have some talks and if i'm in the mood and he asks a question that's kind of deep you, you become that grandfather listen sit down i'm gonna i'm gonna fill you on on life and i'm gonna explain what's going on right and you know jen will come and finally rescue him because he's like a deer in the headlights and i'm i'm on philosophy of you know i'm so deep into <laughs> stuff that you just don't understand you know, guys in his first day of powerlifting and you're breaking down all the shit you used to talk to me and they're like, they're not yet, there yet. They haven't had life experience. Yeah, where where do I put my hands? Don't yeah. get into this stuff. Yeah. Just, show me the bench press first yes, and then yeah. we'll go from there. Yeah. But he's, uh, yeah, he's done really, he's done good for us and really well in the position. And Yeah. What's your blue belt? A little bit of fade on the belt or something yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I should know. So he's, he must be with you guys in a couple, three years then, right? I think so. Yeah. Two or three, I think trying to put you on the spot yeah <laughs> dates names i'm done i'm buried you, you, yeah you can well, find my especially after this last year everything feels like it was last year but it was two and a half years ago because everything paused for a year it doesn't feel right i so. still got a hockey player i had five for the summer pro guys i still got a hockey player in my gym right now it's headed to the middle of january he hasn't signed yet so this is like a it's it's unheard of that's weird yeah He's still training every morning, like, and and nobody's signing anybody because the season hasn't started yet, and everybody's just 
but uh, yeah, it's it's surreal because it's just the weirdest weirdest year. Tell me the definition of dangle. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you, at the very start of this, I don't even know if I hit hit record yet, but you said something was a total gong show. And that (laughs) phrase was explained to me many years ago in like an internship where I've met my first hockey person ever. But that guy over there, Paulie, when we were recording an episode, just testing out this stuff, he said, you know, something about his jujitsu game. And he said, I'm not saying I got dangle and I had to pause the whole thing. I was like, I don't. (laughs) understand what you're talking oh, about so yeah. give, give me your definition There's of dangle video. we give you the videos on snipe and selly and yeah bar down and top shelf and all that <laughs> nonsense right yeah we'll get you squared up everything comes with a language right yeah. just like jujitsu, you show up and you're like oh ragoshi that's like literally a different language what's this guy talking about yeah. it's the funniest thing because I, I i will get to dangle in a minute but yeah. i like i don't i got a different in my brain things don't retain you know you have your strengths that right side, left side, whatever. And when people come and they're teaching a throw and I'll see Marcus drop, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, drop Sayanagi and Teratoshi and whatever else, you, know, you name all these judo names in, in, in Japanese. And then I have to teach and I'm like, okay, this is the, you're gonna, Yeah. I forget what it's called. You grab his head. It's, we call it the inside <laughs> leg kick. <laughs> like everybody's like, it's yeah. This is the this is the drop under throw, and they're like, no, isn't that drop sinagi? <laughs> yeah, it could be, could be. That sounds that sounds that sounds right. So yeah. you're better for the day one guys in that <laughs> regard because you say you drop sinagi, and they're like, did he sneeze? What was that noise? Whereas you just say get under him and throw him yeah. or whatever. That's a different thing. I'm like, let's talk about concept. Don't worry about the names. Let's talk about concepts. Let's make sure he's pushing back on you. Yeah. No, I never uh, never spent a whole lot of time learning. Well, Paul, my first jujitsu coach was a was a black belt in judo so we did that an absolute ton of ryan iverson uh one of my best friends there that used to coach for me um he was a black belt in judo as well and like when you see guys that are good at it and you watch them work like he will mm. he'll fake it a leg sweep get an ankle pick and then all of a sudden be outside your leg with a hip throw and like he'll set that stuff up so fast it's just yeah, it's it's. Um, well, I'm I'm new to all of this, so yeah. it's all basically a mystery, you know. But you, you you do this takedown and that takedown. But I was at your gym, probably January, pre shutdown or whatever, and we were starting with a throw at the start of class, and there was a cat you were demonstrating on, Uke, right or whatever, <laughs> uh, and you called him Judo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his real name? Judo. His name is Judo. He got the nickname because I don't know. His yeah. Name. Well, and he came in because he had a background in Judo, he I did. would assume, right? Yeah. So, and then he paired off with me, basically big looking mammoth slam yeah. in the corner. You go with that guy sort of deal. And I kind of do the thing and he's kind of talking me through it. And I'm like, oh, nice. Cool. I got like the pro level coach here. He, he yeah. gets it or whatever. And then he went to do it. And it was like, oh, Yeah. I believe I can fly if, 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 you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, there's a poetry to yeah. judo where yeah. you're like, you are capitalizing on physics to disrupt physics yeah. and it's going to be an explosion. And so, yeah. And, and on the same, when it's the same concept, like as you get good and you'll see guys like this, like the minute you get to side control, your hips are in the air and they're underneath and you're, you're like floating over and you're like, I didn't, I didn't even get to settle in. How did you, the timing and the ability mm-hmm. to, because they roll out from that position constantly, yeah. you know, you're passing the guard and all of a sudden it's the underhook and up the dogfight and they're rolling you over and you're like, it was so, it's such poetry. I didn't even feel like I got to the position and you just did this so naturally. And that's, 
That's the one thing we talk about. If you want to get good at judo, it takes a tremendous amount of time. I will say, though, we did so much judo when I started, and it was weekly someone was hurt. Yeah, it's a lot more impact. You're oh, landing. It's just, and then you watch videos of guys that, that whether it's Olympic level or even high-level judo guys, and when they throw, I mean, it's – so I got to go to a um, – I went to a, um, a, a gym in Russia, in Minsk, that was um, Sambal. I'm telling you, like, I am completely fine with handing in my man card and saying that I'm soft. <laughs> it was ridiculous. They yeah. rolled out, like, eight-inch mats on, on a gym floor uh. and threw each other for an hour and 45 minutes. And I mean not just throws. It was hip throws that were violent. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was like World War II. Well, I've, I've only like been thrown very gently for drilling purposes a couple times, not on those springy mats at M theory. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, and these are nice mats too. Like, yeah. damn. The perception that, well, as long as you break fall, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It doesn't matter. You we're, we're, we're big men, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're bigger than I am at 230 pounds coming down off someone's hip. In the wrong direction, where I'm hitting the ground and something's hurting. Well, not even in the wrong direction. How many people you think can like control me down as we're drilling? A few. You know? Yeah, very few. Like, where's Jesse? We're doing okay. There's Jesse. All right, we're good. You know, yeah. it's like the only guy that can leverage against the weight and I him. Otherwise, yeah. we're just every freaking drill. You know? I know. And that's you. What you watch those? The, you watch the high level judo guys, and they'll do the throw that you think you know, and they'll do it so fast and so violent, and then you're just like, holy. What just happened? But the, yeah, those those um, those Samo guys. I've never seen been so bruised and beat up and murdered, and I'm shocked my knees were still in place. Yeah, never again, never again. Oh, it, it, uh, Father Time has taken me out of that realm. <laughs> <laughs> wisdom, it's wisdom that's taken you out yeah, of there. Wisdom, you yeah. can call me there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, judo feels a lot like how I've treated barbells for years and like Atlas stones. Yeah. Like put some launch on it and let that some bitch land wherever. Yeah. Except that you know there's not blood in a and bones. You know. Yeah, and that's I mean that such comes into the uh, some of the conflicts you have as a as a even as a coach because you're like every time we're doing takedowns, double legs, single legs, hip throws, the, the drop side now, whatever judo throw you want, you're like instructing your people to do it gently, but it doesn't work gently. Yeah. And you're like, all right. Unfortunately, we're at a paradox now where either one of you is going to not get hurt, but it's going to hurt in order to get this correctly yeah. and commit to it 100%. Mm. And, it's, and it's, you know, it's one of them things where you can't shoot a rifle gently. Yeah. I mean, the, once the, once the gunpowder goes off, the bullet's coming out at the speed it goes. And so if you're, if you're going to get good at judo throws, you've got to have a victim that is okay with taking 100 throws and yourself too, landing we they call them crash mats? So yeah, those. Yeah. Well, I have a couple of those. We haven't used those for a long time. We oh, used really? to use them a ton. Yeah, yeah. But... Did you uh, remember that video of that hockey fight where the guy gets thrown? Yeah. 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 I say that guy did a hip throw. On the ice? On the ice. Oh, yeah, kind of clenched man. up and all of a sudden he just threw his leg out and hip throw. <laughs> a lot of my guys that I train, you know, are fucking sour about that. There's, there's a code there that you don't fuck around with. and stupid i mean the amount of times you could probably throw an elbow or you know grab someone's neck but you just don't it's it's not very dangle it's not very dangle <laughs> no that's not i right. still i don't know what no, i mean screwed it up 
Damn it. I like the effort, though. It's very undoed. How about that? Does that make more sense? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, like, hey, I got to be careful here in in full disclosure. Like, there's so, there's so much about my life that, that um, you, may, you may not know, but it's a bit of a paradox because I'm in the NHL and I train guys, but I didn't play past, past high school. Sure. And so it's, it's funny because there's a perception that I, you know, played college or went to the American League or like, you know, no, I mean, I get out on the ice and I can, I can skate and I played hockey growing up my whole life, but I didn't play organized hockey past junior high. And so uh, I was just lucky to have to find a niche that they needed guys. I teach guys how to fight. That's what I do. So I'm, a, I, I don't say that a whole lot. I, I put the title on it to, because like anybody else, you know, you talk to someone about jujitsu and they're like, yeah, my kid has got a black belt in Taekwondo. You're like, okay, the conversation's over. Great to meet you. You know, I mean, let's, let's talk about what you do for work. Cause you're not going to understand what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when it comes to that stuff, it's kind of the same thing. Um, people that play hockey would understand what I do and appreciate yeah. it. People yeah. that don't wouldn't have an idea. They think we're just grabbing shirts and throwing bombs. There's, there is a bit of a science to it. But I'm I'm uh, part of the player development staff for the Kings, and but my main job is confidence. And you know, there's a lot of it that's not just fighting. So much of it parries off of that story I told you about Derek of like young kids and perception, right? And you know, I use a dumb analogy, but that person's like, well, I'm, I, I'm I'm gonna, you know, I just saw jujitsu. I gotta go and get. I'm gonna get a lifetime membership and get on the treadmill and get in shape before I start that. You're like, no, that's perception. Everybody has to just get in the fucking mat and you'll be fine, mm-hmm. right? We'll go easy with it. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, young kids, they think, well, look at that guy. He's bigger than I am. I'm going to get murdered. Just just boxing parents are the same. It's so funny. We deal with, I know we're going kind of jumping all over the place. It's all we, good. Do we it. deal with three different, uh, I'll just name three different ethnic groups because they're hilarious. When you get uh, Hispanic people in with their kids to boxing, mm-hmm. kid's five years old. And the parents are asking, you know, how long until he can spar? Yeah, he's five, five and a half. He should be sparring now, right? Mm-hmm. You get uh, Eastern Bloc or Russian people. Well, my kid's been to three classes and he hasn't bled yet. What's the deal? Like, what's going on with your gym? <laughs> and you get North American people, right? Mm. Little Johnny's eighteen, oh. but I'm here to make sure he wants to join comp boxing. But I don't want him to get hit. And I'd really like if he didn't, if no one punched him. Mm. Okay. In comp boxing. Yeah, not mm. not regular boxing. Comp- <laughs> this is true. I'm not making this stuff up, man. I've had mothers. <laughs> Talking on behalf of their 18-year-old son, saying he wants to join comp boxing, but I don't want him getting in the ring and getting someone punching him. You're like, I'm, I'm at a loss for words here, lady. I don't know what to tell you. And luckily, we're, you know, back in the day, just like us taking on that meat, back in the day, you mm-hmm. would make an exception and yep. figure out a way because mm-hmm. they need that membership. Now we don't. Yep. And you're confident going, you know what? I think little Johnny would be good for chess match, you know? Join chess or badminton or... Powerlifting, power where the bar is not <laughs> going to fight got, back. Goes to the gym and lifts weights yeah. and looks good. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. There's a realness to jiu-jitsu. There's a realness to being a pugilist in boxing. Like, I give my kids credit, man. The guys that go in there and spar every night, you, you got to be a nail gun to take that beating. I don't do it anymore. Yeah, I'm not touching it. No. Uh-uh. No. You said man card earlier. I, maybe I never had one. That's all good. I don't want you punching me in the face. There's different levels of a man card. You know. You have the... You- <laughs> You can get a you know, white and yellow, your blue man card, your purple man card. So I'm a black belt in personal training. Does that correlate at all? To- <laughs> Poor Sean, I shouldn't have said that. No, that's awesome. I've been, I've been a personal trainer for like 17 years. Yeah. So like I, I 
on one hand, I'm like, okay, I see what he's saying, like in terms of a skill set or whatever. On the yeah. other hand, I'm also like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You choke your clients? Yeah, Cause, it, mm. the, the level of it is just the confidence part that makes me laugh. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Yeah. Were you going to ask something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, said, he said that just today or yesterday. He said if, yeah. if, if there was belts for sitting on the couch watching Law and Order reruns, ah, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny how the dumb skills, like I can't, I can't remember names to save my life. And yet, same. I'm just the same way. pick any episode in seven seasons mm-hmm. of The Office and I'll quote mm-hmm. the entire episode mm-hmm. verbatim. Like, it, it's dumb how your mind works. You know, I, like, I just put up a photo on the Pohada photography thing, you know, where, where that picture of you and Travis is originally yeah. posted with, um, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious, <laughs> which is Michael, you know? Yeah. Because, like, why is that in my brain? But it yeah. is, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember the, the name of the guy in the photo, but I came up with this line from The Office for it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's so many guys, even my players, like, all morning it will be just quote after quote yeah. after quote. They all watch The Office. I mean, the shit that the, that thing was an icon. I think back in, you know, 10, 15 years from now, we'll look back at, like, how, what an impact that Michael Scott no, had. Right now. Right now it is because it's streamable. You know, yeah. it, it's like one of the last shows that you had to like go and sit down and watch generation wise. But now they bring it back in, make it just streamable. You can sit and watch it. Yeah. Seeing all yeah. of the office. Yeah. It's just not. I mean, it's any granted. Yeah. Guys quote movies and shows, but. Still, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's also the culture's changed. Like, they did shit that you couldn't get away with now. But you watch sitcoms yeah, yeah. and they're so dumb scripted. Like, my wife likes this, uh, what's it, uh, Shit's Creek? It's good, man. It's oh, fun. I mean, I, I know exactly what you're saying. First couple seasons, though, pretty fucking good. I, I can't do it. You can't do it? No. I, oh. Uh, I John Grills. He, he's, he's a Shit's Creek guy. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Oh, this intelligence level shows it. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask that because that was the first podcast I said. I, I said yeah, I talked to him about it yesterday. Yeah, I said before. hopefully we have some intelligent conversation because, you know, Johnny started his podcast off with asking about my favorite color. What was it? <laughs> I can't remember. I was shocked that that's what we I'm teasing. Johnny, I'm teasing you. Yeah. Um, great dude. Well, is it, Tough we, personality, we, but great dude. No, he's a great personality. Just, no, it's, dep- no, just it's depends on your personality. <laughs> We talk and text more than most people know. So, um, always sunny in Philadelphia, though. Hey, what? Always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, because we kind of half leaned into ragging on the modern sitcoms, but yeah, I didn't watch that one actually. Get it? Do it. Yeah. No, I've never watched it. it far and away the best comedy show ever made. I spent what? I spent a lot of time this year. Obviously not, but prior to this, I spent a lot of time on the road, and after a while, yeah, I, I kind of want to fill my my uh as you get a little older i want to fill my brain with stuff that's at least mm-hmm. somewhat of a mm-hmm. so documentaries i mean i've gone down mm-hmm. between prime and and netflix and even itunes i mean i don't think there's one on there i haven't watched yeah, on it's awesome. everything you know from you name it on music and on i watch shit tons of them yeah i love it that's the best stuff yeah but you know once in a while i, I guess once in a while i just go back to the office yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, uh, as a matter of like leadership within the community, I leaned over to Ish at 
M Theory the other day. I said, you're always sunny guy. And he said, I've seen every episode. How oh, was that right, huh? And everybody other than you so far that I've talked to on here, this has come up, I think, on every single conversation. Everybody's seen it multiple times through. Huh. Solid. Could be. I've just... And not soft. Intelligence. I don't know. It's hard to no, say. no. It's it, it, it's not it's <laughs> not easy. soft and it's not overly PC, right? They they keep it raw and they and they go with it. Yeah. You know, they basically it's it's the one of the very few like entertainment platforms that gets away with that stuff. That stuff. Yeah. Quote unquote. Right. I got down the the um, uh, aliens and and uh, you know paranormal uh, documentary rabbit hole not that long ago man that's a deep hole you can get a long ways down that one with is this, does this correlate i had an anonymous um suggestion hmm. and this might correlate to that somebody said if you talk to jeremy ask him about pyramids yeah <laughs> who said that <laughs> it was anonymous yeah came into the website all right Polly, get a website <laughs> oh i yeah it, i I, you know what? Is that the same thing though? Like this fascination of this weird, bizarro. It's like basically a documentary, but also like there's this sci-fi element because it's aliens and sort of. Well, there is. It's, you know, it's just like anything else um, that you can't explain. Now, I you got to understand. I come from a, a, a very strict. We didn't talk about my family much, and we don't have to. But I come from a, from a Judeo-Christian upbringing. My parents mm -hmm. are missionaries in El Salvador. Cool. They've, they've just they've come home now obviously they can't go back but they've been there for 20 years oh like wow and and i was raised uh if you took like um you probably don't know what the plymouth brethren are but if you took southern baptist and I, went, I take offense to that you don't think i know who that is well, that's good that's good Not i mean I, do. I don't know who that is but <laughs> but i yeah it was more of a, a general statement, but if you took yeah, like yeah, okay. Plymouth Brethren and Southern Baptist, we were like just a hair over on the okay. left as far as conservative goes. Sure, sure, sure. So that's how I was raised. So you you have a, a Judeo-Christian uh, worldview sure. obviously ingrained in you sure. from from birth, and that's the stuff that I I'm really fascinated with um, because you get to you, I had this conversation not that long ago. You get to a point as as a, an adult, you know, and and once you've filled enough time with sitcoms and everything else you yes. start to ask some questions and when yeah. it, the the pyramid stuff came from a book called um <clears throat> fingerprints of the gods by graham hancock i've uh so has he been on rogan or something yes. it's, it sounds yes. familiar yeah yeah yeah. they got way down the the ayahuasca hole there with it with the stuff from south america but he does a lot his mm -hmm. that's why i got his book is mm -hmm. after hearing that podcast yeah i was driving back from california one time and just listening to joe rogan and I mean, like I had to find, I like the intelligent guys. I'm not that crazy about the other comedians, but I want I'm, I'm right there with yeah. you, yeah. And so once I got, uh, Graham Hancock was fascinating, but like that, the civilization. But when you have those questions, um, there's, a, there's a guy I listen to constantly, so smart. He's got four PhDs and he's an advanced math professor at Oxford in, in, in uh, England. And he talks about levels of questions. And so it's, it's kind of like if, if I ask you, well, why is the water boiling? It's the one he uses all the time. Well, the, the, the heat is transferred through the metal and it speeds up the molecules and the molecules in the water speed up until the point where they start to change force. And, and, uh, and then my answer is, well, no, it's boiling because I want a cup of tea. Yeah. Well, there's two different, yeah, they're purpose both right, versus, but there's, yeah. at, you know, at whatever level you start mm -hmm. to look at as to I want it for tea, but also why is it happening? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've with the amount of downtime I've had, you, once you start down those things, you really ask yourself because there are Graham Hancock brings up some stuff that defeats everything we learned in school. 
It wasn't built by slaves. The engineering there that was it was amazing. When you see the yeah. the line of of Orion's belt, and they measured it out, and then you go to uh, there's a guy that he he parried with I forget his name that he parried with the book on. It has his own book, and they went to the early Egyptian the early Egyptian layout of one of their temples and like the kind of their holiest of holies. It's it's, it's mapped out like a human body, and you get to the the um, their main spot in the temple if you put a human body on it it's where the pituitary gland is in the in the back of the brain and how they had these healing centers that were you know had wind tunnels and vo- you know it's it's a ton of questions where you're just like how did they you know hold on a second how did they that's neat the same as same as because graham hancock's the one that spends a lot of time talking about those huge things in chile the the hylogryphs or whatever they are yeah. they, didn't, they didn't see them until they were flying over it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? nobody even knew they were there until they started flying over and they're like and there's like a the 700, yeah, 700 foot drawing of a, of a species that's not even in South America, right? And it's drawn out and they know it's that species because of this organ and that thing. And it's drawn out and there's no, they have no reason to understand how, like how that was built. So just, it, yeah, a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, and that, that it, this resonates with me because I like questions. Yeah. Because I like learning things, right? And that's what the, that very conversation. We probably listened to the same episode. You know, I didn't read the book because, but uh, yeah, um, <laughs> not going that. Yeah. not going that deep yet. <laughs> but like, yeah, it provokes the question. Mm-hmm. You know, to some degree of validity or whatever. You're welcome, Marcus. <laughs> oh, I was here, man. Yeah. yeah. Once in a while, those guys they they'll they'll poke the bear as to speak and start saying something dumb and then you, you go on your rampage of you know trying to enlighten all these young kids and it doesn't work but i i love that, that you know we grew up with uh with the judeo-christian worldview of of creation and and god and 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 then you 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 see the the morph of what's what's happening in universities and colleges and and the change in in the perspective of all of these naturalism and all these beliefs that come out and you really, you start to ask, well, okay, am I a, am I a product of my environment? I grew up, you Mm -hmm. know, the nature versus nurture. Is it Mm -hmm. because my parents were this way or, and if you're going to take a side, if you want, like you said, you could live very easily without ever asking those questions, Mm -hmm. just gym owner and watching sitcoms. But if you start searching them out for me, being real is a, is a big thing. So if I'm going to say that I, I believe it, well then, I've got to I got to really sit and 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 start listening to some intelligent people as to creation versus you know science and God and you you know when when uh, when uh, uh, the Devil's Illusion came out or the God Delusion, excuse me, by yep. um, Dawkins. Was it Dawkins or Hitch? It might have been Hitch that yep. did it. Right, yeah. Dawkins was another one. Yep. but the two of them, yeah. the, the New Atheist Movement. Those yep, two yep. are the, at the and helm. Sam Harris yep. and uh, Daniel Dennett. Yep, and so. And Sam Harris, so there's some guys that, yeah, it's, it's, we could have some conversations. <laughs> I was joking about reading books earlier. Uh, I've good. been on to read a book. <laughs> so you, you, Sorry, go you, ahead. You see some, there was some great debates where, mm-hmm. where John Lennox goes against them. And, you know, so he's, a, he's a really intelligent, high-level scientist. Mm-hmm. And starts pointing out things that you just, you, you know, you kind of assume, you, you take the surface level. It's just like the news now. I saw the one second clip and I, I understand exactly right. what happened. You have no right. idea what happened, right? Yeah. There's four sides to that story. Yeah, yeah. There's also just more data to take in. Yeah. Like, where's, where's more video? Where's more account of it, et cetera, yeah. et cetera? Yeah. And it's always like six months later where the truth comes yes. out and you're like, oh my goodness, I, I blamed that person and it was this one. You yeah. Know? It was not a sexy headline though at that point, so it doesn't sell as much. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're going to watch an episode or two of Always Sunny? I'll give it I'll give it a try, yeah. Dude. I'll, I'll dig in. What's and, it and, on? Uh, man, right now, I don't know. It, it's an FX product originally, yeah. and they just got re-signed for four more. It's going to make it like the longest-running live-action, like non-animated sitcom or whatever. Yeah, ask somebody, you know, Marcus or somebody, though. Somebody's got access to a DVD set from back in the day or something. I guarantee <laughs> it, you know. I was going to say, who like would have a DVD? Well, no, <laughs> totally. I'm saying, like, somebody's got something somewhere where you can watch it. I don't think it. I have a DVD player anymore, but. Somebody's got something we'll somewhere where you can watch it. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. find it. There it is. Yeah, super got it back good. there. That's good. Yeah, no, it, that stuff interests me a lot. I like, I, for sure. I love. Uh, I just like asking questions and learning yeah. information, whether yeah. I take a position on it or not. It's fun to just learn stuff. It is. And it's just, you know, what's so interesting about uh, to go one level deeper is that the things that jujitsu has taught me, you know, uh, you get, you get so humbled and you get, you understand that you have to face the fact that you're not good at this. You're not as good as him. Uh, you don't know that. Like all the things that we like to bullshit ourselves about. And then you realize, well, it, it could translate into other parts of life or things that I, you know, my belief is this and I've held on to it forever. Is it, you know, is it ignorance out of pride or is it, so you start to dig into, it's allowed me to have a, a much more open feeling of, okay, let's, let's really sit down and look at all sides. And, uh, I don't yeah. think I'd, ha- I don't, I don't think I'd have those abilities personally. The, the things that jujitsu has done for me on my own mental side, uh, Man, I can't even begin to write them out. Jiu-Jitsu is a literal and figurative antidote to the Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah. What? What's Dunning-Kruger? Dunning-Kruger effect? Yeah, I just agreed. And then just... He's like, yeah, it sounds great, man. It's <laughs> a hell of a sentence. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Wait, wait, what? It's essentially not realizing what you don't know about something. We all walk around living the Dunning-Kruger effect. Like the original, I believe, this, I might be missing the point on this, but I believe the original Dunning-Kruger experiments, those are two psychologists who mm-hmm. did psychological experiments, was they would show someone a task, like pulling the tablecloth out from underneath of the silverware and the plates and stuff, and show them a, a successful demonstration of it, or an arm bar, shall yeah. we say, and they would ask people how confident do you feel in your ability to do this and you just saw somebody successfully do it so you go oh, pretty good yeah you just okay so you grab here grab here and you, whoosh, you know rip it out it's all good and then they would have people attempt the task and that's a disaster if you yeah. ever tried to do that right and then give a rating of their confidence level i think that's the part of the original dunning kruger like because you you I see like a it. fight yeah I like it. And you grow up watching fights in movies, so you have no problem downtown picking fights at a bar. You don't know how to fight. Yeah. That's the Dunning Kruger effect. Like you have this love it. this perception of your abilities or your knowledge base or whatnot. <clears throat> and I might be, you know, giving it a rough edge or whatever. But like you'd never I've played basketball, but I would never challenge someone aggressively to a basketball match. I'm a disaster at basketball, but yeah. like you know, my lower male brain and testosterone would kick in and I'd stand up and puff my chest and get into a fight. Well, I don't know how to fight. What am I doing? You know, and maybe there's another carnal, like, yeah. base evolutionary layer there or something. But, like, that, that, like, I guess what the point I'm taking from what you were saying is that 
jujitsu sort of forced you to go, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't know a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That realization. Did you ever see that clip on, uh, I think it was the onion and it was, uh, I like it already. The, yeah, it was, how did it come out? It, it was, uh, statistics find that <laughs> men are 4,000%, um, worse at fighting than, or like, uh, what was it four thousand percent worse at fighting than they think they are? And it has all these like <laughs> idiots. It's so like true. don't don't touch me, man, because yeah. I'll hurt you, and then I'll feel bad because then you're gonna go. I'll probably just drop an elbow, yeah, and, and then I grab on him here and, and like I, I hope nobody ever starts anything, man, because like I, somebody's going to the hospital and and it's not gonna be me. And it's like all these little idiots, yeah. you know, like outside <laughs> yeah. the pub at night, yeah, telling yeah, what yeah. they would do. It's I'm gonna see red, bro. Yeah, it's absolutely classically put together. Yeah. It was yeah, four thousand percent worse at fighting than they think <laughs> they, they are. That's exactly right, man. And not even fighting. I mean, fight to the point of this conversation, largely yeah. fighting. Yeah, absolutely. But like stuff, you know. Why? If your car breaks down, you get out and you open the hood and look at it, like you know what the fuck you're looking at, don't you? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, you know what I mean? Like, and you just realize, like, yeah, there's parts. Yeah, yeah. it has parts in here. Yeah. Look at that. Again, to reference it, office, office mm-hmm. me, May. Yeah. Hey, crunch the numbers again. Uh, <laughs> did it change anything? <laughs> crunch the numbers. I, I don't even know what that means. Just, just crunch them. Yeah. Just uh, enter. Right. Uh, yeah. Did that help? That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many. There's so many of those phrases. That I just sent it to my uh, one of them to my. I was on a conference call with the Kings, and one of our one of our development. Uh, she's a psychologist and she had put this algorithm together that was like a, it was to, to show some sort of a uh, I can't even describe it how we could assess whether or not somebody's going to be a, a, a good leader in the room or not you know it was on the psychology end of it but it was so fucking deep and all over the place so I sent that meme out of, of Michael Scott explain this to me like I'm a five-year-old you yeah, know man, yeah how did you get my name at the top yeah. there <laughs> and I was getting like I got guys just laughing and texting yeah, yeah. it back and cheese in the middle of this some sort of algorithm with yeah it was nonsense but yeah I use the office <laughs> memes literally daily because it the funniest stuff is based on real life that's why I said earlier that's that it. anything that's satirical is the most correct yeah people describe you as arrogant and smudge I think he meant smug there's the smudgeness. <laughs> There's the smudgeness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so good. It's classic. Oh. There's like a, uh, my girlfriend, Wendy, was just watching this morning a, like a deleted scene where they all get together and convince Dwight that he's in the Matrix. Is it funny? You got to look it up, uh, man. Well, it, it, it makes you wonder, like, they must just end up cutting stuff for time sometimes because, yeah. It was just spot on with any other bit in the show, you know. Well, some yeah, some of my players got so deep into like the, you know, like they had um, podcasts with the with the with the actors and and actresses and mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. talking about how they almost got they weren't going to have it. They got the the pilot done and they weren't going to pick it up. And then yeah. you know who wasn't going to be in and like one of the best, the Nard Dog man, like Andy yeah. Bernard was only supposed to be in there on one episode. Yeah. yeah, and he was just so funny and the shit that he came up with, you yeah. know. And plus, he's multi-talented. Yeah. It's like a Jamie Foxx thing. You need somebody to sing or play an instrument, rock and roll, you know, we can do it. And he just like after, and and he said, so he was on the, there's a, there's a cool show and I don't know who the guy is. I think he's a photographer, Uh, but he he knows all these famous people. So he sits down and just talks to them on this, this talk show. 
right? It's like, not like, like this, like this. Yeah, it's not the David Letterman one, but he has like <laughs> he had he had a bunch of cool ones, and he had Andy Andy Bernard or whatever whatever his real name is. What is his name? I don't know. I look like a nerdy hillbilly. But they from, he from was Hangover. Talk, he was he was talking to him, and it was it was kind of cool. Ed Helms. Yes. Yeah. Because he said, like, I only ever got a one or a six month contract at a time. Like, they never signed him for like four wow. seasons. So, no like, pressure. the whole time, he was always kind of on the cusp of, but he was fairly new and coming up, you know, and, and didn't have the, the uh, I guess, horsepower to, to. The chops. The chops. Didn't have it. Sort of like playing ball of any sort, like one season to the next, depending on didn't your have contract. A dangle. The dangle. Do you want to define what dangle is? Give me your definition of dangle. That's Paulie. Paulie know better. Than I no, like, man, you should hear Paulie explain his right. definition of dangle. It was, I don't even. Uh. All right. So, dangle is basically like, uh, if I come at you with a, if I'm skating and I got the puck in my hands, right, and you try and take the puck away, in your hands, like in my in my stick. Okay. Right. <laughs> Holy. You back up one step here and start over again. We carry a stick on the ice. Right? This is I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> and if you can like pull the puck away, keep it keep it mm-hmm. away from somebody, mm-hmm. like skate through a bunch of people and still have like great hands mm-hmm. where you're moving the puck and they don't mm-hmm. have a chance on this is like watching Maradona with a soccer ball, right? It's unbelievable dangles. Kept the ball through a bunch of people. Sure. You, you keep the puck through a bunch of people, right? Guys trying to get the puck away, they don't get it. You can dangle. I think I correlated it with Polly to like breaking somebody's ankles playing basketball, yeah. like because I have such a storied history with basketball that apparently makes it make sense to me. Okay, who's cool. your favorite basketball player, bro? I was being totally sarcastic. <laughs> Muggsy Bogues, is he still playing? I don't know. Min- Minute Bowl, is I, that is I, he around? I don't think I've ever watched a full basketball game in my life, but I, I did th- watch a lot of videos of this guy named White Chocolate. Oh yeah, Jason. Jason yeah, I'm familiar what enough. A yeah, little animal man. He was unbelievable. He did a lot of stuff. Really? Oh, I knew that. Went to high school. Yeah, they played with him and Randy. Yeah, and he does like a lot of. He was on the street ball circuit and on the and like the talent level. Of this kid. In basketball. Oh yeah. Yeah, you get good at funky fast passes when you got somebody that can catch the funky fast pass. Most of <laughs> most of my basketball is from Space Jam. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I'm thinking that's a video game. I, I that's a that's a uh, anim, half animated movie back in the day. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was like uh, Michael Muggsy Bogues was in it, and Michael Jordan. Oh, I didn't see and that. Charles Barkley, and they played uh, Looney Tunes. So it was like the right, real people. Like five reasons right off the top yeah. that I would I would just skip right. Past I was a kid at the time. Yeah, I'm just Gramps, jeez. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't that much of a kid at the time, but, uh, you know. 22, 23, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, it was, it was grad school. You know? No, it was mid-90s probably, huh? Where did you grow up? Here? Yeah, Cottage Grove. Cottage Grove, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Jen grew up in Little Canada. Nice. She's from Minnesota as well. I'm a transplant. You can hear it a little bit. Like, I didn't know you were from Canada. Yeah. Until after you, this is the beer you requested. And I mentioned Paulie, and or somebody said, "Yeah, he's from Canada, so that makes sense." It's like, oh, that does make sense. And then yeah. we sat down to talk. I was like, "Ah, hockey." It's it gets like so, it goes away. Mm-hmm. And then when I start going back to hockey, mm-hmm. going back mm-hmm. to uh, mm-hmm. LA and hanging with all the young prospects that come yeah. right out of Owen Sound and Kitchener, and like yeah. they got the, it's so hard to describe. And I already talked to my family. It's just letter like letter Kenny. Time we have a conversation, <laughs> and halfway through the sentences. They enunciate so differently, <laughs> and you wouldn't even believe it. <laughs> just like like it, it, you're listening to them, like even when we Facetime and, and 
Jenna be like, oh, God, the accents of your family. Like, yeah, that was me too. Right. Have you seen Letter Kenny? Oh, yeah. 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 Why, not, you, not why are you so it, fucking I, awkward, bud? I watched, I watched a bit of it. <laughs> it's good stuff. Man. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to see the guy, whatever the hell his name is, the main guy, get interviewed about compiling all of the lingo and oh is and that right yeah like there's like a, there's like it, it just with some radio dj is the one i watch but just there's almost like a science behind like making sure they fully encapsulate the language and the lingo and they do a good job it's pretty hilarious CrossFit, you can cross fuck off well, the best. <laughs> say, say that again closer to the mic no, though I, I missed it <clears throat> something in my throat <laughs> yeah. <clears> throat yeah no they Ugh. Yeah. Comes back out, eh? I get it a little bit. And Did you hear what he said? He said it comes back out, eh? <laughs> yeah, that was not on purpose. Once in a while, you catch it. Minnesota's got... You go up north, you can't tell the difference. They all talk funny. 100%. Yeah. We got a cabin up by Duluth. Well, there. you must have been real comfortable on, on the Jiu-Jitsu After Dark podcast because John's Minnesotan slash... Canadian-ish sort of accent is super pronounced. I never noticed. Yeah, see, because you're from Canada. <laughs> he's one of them. Yeah, he's got a good one. He was so funny, man. He's one of them guys that you just either love oh, or geez. hate him. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you, you do. You either love or hate him. I'm convinced of it. I love. Him. He's got such a great sense of humor, and yet, like, I don't know. He's he's one. He's a paradox. He's one of them guys that I just I, I'd love to hang around with because he makes me laugh. But it's mostly just dry humor and. Mm-hmm. You know, witty shit, and I always tease him about being a writer. And see, that's why I love him. Yeah, but it's also because I'm scared of him, and I barely ever talk to him. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But it's like I mean, I remember, I remember, and it wasn't. I can tease him now because it's the same stuff I'd say to his face. But like when when Mm. he would teach classes, people always be like, "John, girls, he he doesn't like me." When he teaches, he doesn't like me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He doesn't like you. And while it's, you know, just the way he is, John would show a move. And you're like, well, John, what do, what do I do with my left leg again? <sighs> All right. Fine. Come here. You're, I don't even know how to begin with you. But anyways, your left leg <laughs> wasn't that bad, but it would come yeah. off that way. Yeah, where yeah, you're just yeah. like, are you so stupid that I got to explain yeah, this? It's pretty close to Chris Kovita's yeah. impersonation too, so... And so, like, he taught for me for years, and you just got used to yeah. it. You're just like, this is... Yeah. And once you gave him shit, like, the dry humor would come back, and you could... you get mm-hmm. used. So I'd always be, you know, consoling all these soft gentle <laughs> Minnesotans that are like, no, John really likes you. Yeah. It's just the way he talks. That's the way yeah. he is. He just has a grumpy writer face. It's, it's uh, the departed line. Staff Sergeant Dignum, Dignum has his own style we all have to get used to. I'm afraid we all have to get used to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just watched that again. That's a yeah, good same. movie. Same. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, impressions, hmm. there's a, a repeating theme going on in these conversations. Right. Um, for for anybody, I didn't even get to finish the intro. <laughs> He's like Marcus. Yeah. Marcus is like, I can see it coming. I can see it coming. Anybody with M theory ties, I ask them, do your best Ishmael Bentley impression. I I can't. I can't. I can't do it justice. That's what makes it fun because yeah, we no, all suck at that. There's uh, I can't. I'm okay, trying. okay. In place of it for now, right. I'm gonna tell you a story. So, I have one. As you and I sit here talking, I have one of these episodes recorded, and it's with Marcus. Not recorded, posted. Sorry, and it's with Marcus. 
and there's a 13 minute segment of him and I, and even periodically Polly doing Ishmael Bentley impressions. Um, I regularly go to M theory and take photos just kind of for my own practice. Yeah. Cause it, people love to see photos of themselves training jujitsu and you put some cool stuff on their social media nice looking photos and stuff. Ishmael has never said a word to me about it or on those days when I just show up, take photos and go home. The day after I posted that, I go to take photos, nice big group, you know, it was like first week back after the most recent lockdown and I'm taking photos dressed just like this, clearly not going to be doing class, you know, just hanging out. He comes over and he goes, where's your gi? Why aren't you rolling? And I said, well, you know, I'm just taking photos. He's like, what? He's never once said a thing (laughs) until I published a podcast with us I, for all intents and purposes, making fun of the way yeah. he talks, and suddenly he's like, "Yeah, hey, you should come roll." Yeah, roll. Like, mm. <laughs> so I, I done stepped in some big shit with yeah. this. The one thing, my, the one thing about Ish that I'll remember, it was the first couple times that we were part of the affiliate, and uh, we were affiliate with him, mm-hmm. and I hadn't, you know, everybody was worried about rolling with him, and he came in and did a seminar, and he, I mean, taught. I mean, savant level intelligence, the way he knows jujitsu, obviously yeah. very intelligent. So he's showing like these inside leg passes, this deli Heva stuff or, or like Brimbolo and, and like complicated, but kids are loving it. And I'm, we're all struggling, the bigger guys, you know, and it's all this complicated stuff. And then when it comes time to roll and he's going around, he comes to me, he's want to roll. Yeah, let's roll. And I mean, it's just like a crush. He gets me down and just smears his way to top mount holds on, squeezes until he gets something. And I'm just like, where's all the fists and shit? Like, I'm expecting you to, you know, like, wheel it around underneath. Yeah. The, no, 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 yeah. no. I'm, I, I show how a Lamborghini runs, but I'm going to be a bulldozer. And yeah. it was just like, I just got my legs, got my hip, got my midsection, got my shoulders, got my head. And it was just like lights out. I was underneath this man just getting absolutely crushed. I, I, got, I got to understand how wine feels, okay? In great form. Yeah. So let's say 300 people ever listen to this conversation mm-hmm. and get to this point. Anyone that's ever trained with Ishmael just spent that whole sentence just nodding their head like, <laughs> yep, that's it. Squishmail. That's why we call him yeah. Squishmail. Squishmail. Yeah. Yeah. Is that your style when you roll? Are you, I mean, yeah. you big guy, yeah. kind of jujitsu, if, yeah. if I may. Yeah. I like pressure. Yeah. It's just the only time I would say the only time I've ever passed a guard was either accidental or just straight leaning into it and yeah. putting pressure on it. And it took a long time. I'll tell you, like, because um, we have these conversations all the time with people trying to figure out, you know, what's my style and what am I going to do? And like, it, it took a long time for me to finally realize I was doing jujitsu. I, I stopped my game trying to be whatever my coach was. Right. So when you start and, and, yeah. You know, this coach is really fast, so I'm going to be a fast jiu-jitsu guy because that's what we're learning from. And the next guy is like a real flexible. So then I'm trying to be a flexible guy because that's what my coach is. And it took a long time bouncing through coach after coach. I mean, I remember when we went to Chris McCune after Paul Petushin, uh, we were under um, Mario Roberto out of Rochester, and then he got rid of his association, so I was looking for anybody, and we weren't big enough for uh, you know the academy to notice, and, and uh, Chris McCune we signed up under Higan Machado through him and Paul Petushin had been a very strict like uh, judo uh, Russian mix 
And it was always like, this is my stuff. This is exactly how you do it. You don't, don't deviate. Hand goes here. This goes here. Don't use that. Nope. That'll never work. No matter what. You know, he's very strict on it. And he used to get on me all the time about don't use muscle. Don't use muscle. Let the technique work. Don't use muscle. Don't use muscle. So then I'm trying not to use muscle. Just getting murdered. Right? I'm like, I don't understand this. Don't use muscle. I, it doesn't make any sense. I'm trying. When we finally went to Chris McCune's and like, I, I, I talked to him about it. I'm like, every time I try and just be technical and fast, I get murdered. I, I, I can't use my muscle. And he's like, why? I'm like, well, I'm not supposed to. Paul told me I'm not supposed to use my muscle. He's like, you don't tell a flexible guy not to be flexible. That's right. That's wait, fucking wait, right. Wait, Hold on. As a fellow bigger, stronger <laughs> dude, that's motherfucking right. Yeah. It's got to be. He's just like, you, you have a gift. You use it. Like, if you're strong, you're strong. Use yeah. your strength. Like, you don't have to be an idiot with it, but you still have to learn technique, but build your game around what you're good sure. at. Don't, you don't tell a fast guy to be slow. You no. don't tell a flexible guy to be tight. So it, yeah. took, a, it took a long time for me to, to finally, yeah, get my own game and find the... Sure. And, like, it was... Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw his name up. I think it's Armin Burris. Our, our man, I, I'm friends with him on Facebook, but he was a he was a black belt from from the academy. Ended up moving down to Georgia ten years ago. We were at the old gym, and he came and taught for me a few times. But he was the one. He really kind of opened my eyes of a bigger concept. And like he showed up, he goes, "I'm gonna show you guys a pass." It's like ten of us a class. It was one of the best classes. He's like, I'm sure you pass white belt to black belt. It was a knee slice pass. So he goes a white belt, and it's just like spastic and crazy and then he's like blue belt is a little bit slower purple belt a little bit slower a little tighter a little cleaner brown belt really clean tight pass technical black belt it was just like butter like just smooth pass guy couldn't move took away every space cleaned up right in guy never had a chance to do anything right so it's the same pass it's just he goes by the time you reach purple belt you know everything you need to know about jiu-jitsu and he used to, I use it all the time I stole it from him it's the it's a language analogy if I'm going to go and live in, and you got to find out what you're doing if I'm going to go and teach in Russia I got to learn Russian in a very different way than if I'm just going to live there so if you go and live there and you like all right start me off with you know taxi bathroom chicken uh, you know get the basics down right left um, when you get the basics down you build off of them and then you can add to it and if your job is just going to be to live in Russia part-time, well, then that language is going to be more than enough. If you decide to keep, and as you go, you learn little words and you pick up nuances and sometimes, oh, this is the male and the female, whatever, right? Sometimes we get, we land in Russia and we want to, we feel like we're going to be a professor of Russian literature and that's where our goal is. And you get very frustrated because you're still caught on, you know, nouns and pronouns and you haven't even learned the language yet. And so that really helped me out with understanding that I like guys that are really good at the ground stuff or like the leg stuff and ankle locks and good for them. That's awesome. I'm not, I don't want to be, doesn't mean I, and I'll tap to them. Good. That, that's great. It's not what I really want. I like, I like being a lion, right? I want the neck. I want your arms or your neck and I want to take it. Do you feel like you're just giving it to me? Yeah. I want to crush the arms. Yeah, I want your soul leaving. You know, I want you handing me the submission. And that's, and I don't always get to do that. And there's yeah. guys that are big. And I mean, sure. there's a handful around that have taken my number. Ziggy's one of them. Do you, I don't know if you know Ziggy. I don't know Ziggy. Oh, no. Zig was one of them big Polish fucker. He's probably two <laughs> fucking 60. He, he fought at the absolute, or at the uh, fight to win a few times. Mm. Got his black belt. He's out of alliance. Just an absolute monster of a human. 
you know, you can't, you can't run your game on him, but I couldn't run the other games either. So it doesn't sure. matter. <laughs> sure, yeah. But yeah, I like, uh, I like that, that pressure. I really do. Yeah. If I've ever scored, let's say 30 taps, just training amongst training partners, uh, 28 of them are arm locks from Mount and nice. And two of them are bow and arrow chokes stumbled yeah. into a couple bow and arrows. One of which on our, our boy here yeah. just a few weeks ago, you know what I mean? I say, I, I'm, loving the current sermon right now <laughs> yeah paulie's wondering if you notice similarities between how you played other sports hockey in particular and how you go about doing jujitsu yeah um well i don't take anything serious like i do jujitsu so it's hard to you know all of those things now are just hobbies if i do play hockey which i don't because we look it's kind of a job now you know it, it's not and and we've got being business owners you put a lot of time and energy into that so i have my free time is is important and it's um i make sure and delegate it to just the things i like my four-wheelers my cabin being in the bush and then jujitsu right teach boxing but i i like jujitsu but i think um one of the guys that's always i've always been mesmerized by not mesmerized by but i really appreciated was hodger gracie and i mean you saw with the massive um progression of what jiu-jitsu was and yet you got a guy that's still take down top mount cross collar take down top mount cross collar and so not 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 that i want to be pigeonholed like that but it's quite all right to be you know there's some truth to that you know fear the guy that's done one move a million times than guy who's done a million moves once right or whatever that is i'm, I'm sure i'm butchering it but just like Marcus, <laughs> he, he started saying the same thing, but we all know what you mean. Yeah. So it's, it's like, uh, I get a new appreciation for the guys that every time Gordon Ryan, you know, farts in the direction of this wind, they're jumping on board and trying to fart that way. Good. Mm -hmm. that, that's awesome. You gotta have model and, and learn as you go because you have to have answers for all this. But when it comes to your rolling, it's really comfortable. I, I cause I, I run into this so much, especially with, um, even some of our, our women's class and, and some of the guys that only come in a, a small amount and get very frustrated because every week it's just like, okay, we're learning another, what is this? I don't get that. I, I could, I didn't even get the other thing. And so when we come back to that conversation of your jujitsu game, it's very much about finding out why I do jujitsu, right? Why do I want it? Is it self-defense? Is it exercise? Is it to learn the, every aspect of the art? Like, what is it? And once you have that, your, your game, uh, I mean, I tell them, find two really good chokes from side control that you love. Find one to two passes that you're really good at that just feel natural. Find one, maybe two takedowns that really feel natural when the person's, you know, when you're the right person with you. Don't worry about whether or not it works on a black belt, but just, you know, you and your buddy that are at the same level, and I always get this pass. Because if you can get to the level where you know, I can get this pass every time, I can, Hegan Machado said it, uh, best he said when he used to train um, for the all the world championship stuff that he did in Brazil when he was an animal he's like I only trained three things I had my pass my control my choke and he says whatever it was for that tournament that's all I trained over and over and over now we would go into different areas maybe I'd get something else maybe they get something else but we always bring him back because I knew if I was inside control this choke he was done if I was standing this pass he was done or yeah, this takedown so if you can find that and get to the point where me and Matt are going to roll, and I know that 
let's say I've, I've taken them down, I've passed, and I've cross-collared them three times. Sounds okay. right. So now, you know, the next high five, I can, I can venture into different territories because I always have that. And it's stupid, but it has to build your confidence in your jiu-jitsu game. If each time we roll, I'm trying a new thing we just learned last week and I don't get good at it and I get frustrated and I get lost and then the next week it's a new transition. Oh, shit. Now, there's another part to that. And I get, it's, it's funny because Marcus and I clash on this. He probably doesn't even know why we do, but when we teach classes, like he'll teach a class and in my mind, I'm watching it going, I can do that very, uh, uh, way simpler. So he's here, move this over there, transition to this, then leg weave, then come to here. Then you transition up and then you go to here and you're on their back. And I'm like, the minute I got to leg weave, I'm crushing the shit out of their side control and I'm choking them. You know what I mean? Like they, like, so his vision of the art is awesome. There's, there's a Picasso with the shading and then there's the watercolor painter. Both of them can come up with beautiful pieces of art. Just one's different than the other. But a lot of times we don't have the freedom to go, you know what, this high step over and taking the back, I don't like the back. I don't hardly ever take the back. I'm not, I don't, I, if I do take the back, I do it just with the anticipation that they're going to try and bring their head over and get out of the back because they've learned a defense and I have the arm. I'm good at grabbing an arm. So I will take the back just to take your arm when you try and get out. I don't stay there. The amount of times I get a rear naked choke on a, on a back on anybody that's decent. And before long, they're crafty enough, they're going to get out. Well, the, my two favorite things in jujitsu. They're my two best friends. It's ground and gravity. I don't want to give them up. So if I give up ground and gravity, you know, for big men, those are, those are two grenades on my belt that I don't know why I would give them up. So when I look at a move that goes, uses the ground and your gravity and then transitions to where you don't have ground or gravity, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't mean it's not right, but this is where a freedom of, of like, when we're teaching, when I'm teaching classes and we've done this complicated move, we're working on it, Marcus is done. And then the next night I'm teaching and I'm like, listen, jujitsu is yours. Make it your own. That's what Chris McEwen talked about. Fucking do what you want. Try it. If you try it, it doesn't work. Or you try it and it almost worked. Either fine tune it or, you know what I mean? The, the, um, uh, who's the, 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 uh, absolute icon in powerlifting? The guy from Ohio. Louis Simmons. Louis Simmons, right? So Louis Simmons was bringing it's now to us now it's it's you know elementary level training styles but to him and at that time when he started cycling in low weight high rep transitions to build conjugate method training yeah when he brought that out it was just like holy fuck what is it people were making fun of it other people were going maybe I'll try it and guys were just skyrocketing with their lifts well that was someone that was just taking ownership to be comfortable to go your own way well do the same thing in jiu-jitsu Try a pass that, that, that maybe hasn't been taught and doesn't work. But for you, every time I do this, I get past the legs. Keep doing it until it doesn't work anymore. And you find a definite reason why it doesn't. Or fine-tune it to where you're the one. Because Barimbalo and De La Hiva and, and, and uh, all these guys that have a na move named after them were doing something that no one else was doing until they got good at it. Right? Cyborg was doing that helicopter sweep when no one even knew what that was. Still nobody does. Like, guys were playing with these things. And that's, that's a freedom that I think gets lost a lot of times when we coach, when you're like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. No, the way I teach it is over here. Fucking jujitsu morphs all the time. So you give guys a little bit of freedom to try it, try it, see what, see what happens. If you're getting hooked and swept every time, okay, well, now you know. And you'll learn better that way, I feel. 
And so your game comes out of, your game could start out of just as simple as making a list of the three things that I'm really good at. And I get to where I can get those no matter what. And I can even get them on higher level guys sometimes. And then you have that in your backpack and you're like, well, worst case scenario, if I had to, this take down this pass, this control, this choke. Now you can venture off into, you know what I mean? That makes sense. So you're saying I should start developing the browse choke is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) It might be a little early for that. (laughs) You never know, right? But yeah, you ain't fine. No, that was that was brilliant. That's that's it's fantastic. We do. We we just get caught up in 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 it comes Rule, back. rules. Yeah, but it like you've got rules because it's fundamentals, right? Yeah. But then there's a point at which you edge the line a little bit here yeah. and there. And we all want. I, I mean, it's it's inherent in us. If I'm coaching my class, I want my class to all be pressure passers, right? Because this is what I do, and it works for me. Why wouldn't it work? Well, she's 114 pounds as a girl in my class, and and the pressure over under pass is not going to work. I've got to, I've got to be mature enough to see that and go. Listen, we're going to go a different way with you. That's that's just coaching. But there's also it's also like, jujitsu. Like that's the yeah. idea, the original idea of jujitsu, right? Idea. Is just yeah. that I'm going to take a guy that shouldn't be able to beat that guy and make mm-hmm. it so he can beat that guy. But we get sometimes caught up in 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 that that selfish aspect of like, well, this is how I do it. You should do it this way, and not give people the freedom to to fuck around, try stuff. Because eh? it's so much fun when you you know. There's another thing. I'll say this, and it's it's I've kind of stumbled on it in the last three or four years, um, which I think is paramount in your own growth in jujitsu, is to have a best friend there. Man, I see so much growth in people that just end up gravitating to one person, and they become close friends in jujitsu, and they're always trying to be partners, and they're both the same level, and it's just like, you know, misery loves company, and so the best groups of people I find in their own growth, the ones that stumble the most are the ones that come to class, aren't really in with anybody, <coughs> kind of get, you know, they, they're learning, but it's not the same as if, you know, Matt and I find that we're fairly similar in, in style and level. And so we're all, like, now I can measure myself against a measurable stick that, you know, if your bench is 300 and mine's 260 or 280, I'm close to you. And then I get to, 305 and now you're like well I, i'm gonna get to 310 but we're when you find that person and you love rolling with them they're not an idiot you have fun with them all of a sudden jiu-jitsu becomes so much and we i can name six seven eight couples in our jiu-jitsu world that were guys that didn't know each other chris and TJ. <laughs> they're just chris, chris and tj so he said Paul, chris claviter and tj kreitzer oh yeah you heard of either of them yes i have yeah yeah good call it, they're under it's complicated at this yeah. point i think <laughs> i don't know what the heading is that is the second time <laughs> second time paulie spit up beer on the carpet during one of these conversations so i was i was saying either the kevin or marcus i think it was kevin that i i i'm a metrics guy mm-hmm. and part of that is growing up in a weight room you know what i mean it's yep. it's a defined number so i have like metric rolls i don't roll i always put it in air quotes you know largely lay around and try to move my legs and stuff but yep. like when i roll with micah mm-hmm. ferris and aaron cheney and then i very frequently roll with the blue belt at m theory named jesse he's another big guy he's a younger guy but like those are the three i mean to roll with a, a wide variety of people but those three guys for some reason i remember every time yeah and like it's my metric like yeah. it was it was miserable with aaron last time he's a purple belt a couple stripes maybe right yeah. been around a long time 
but it wasn't as nearly as miserable as the time before that. Yeah. And that's like my using the metric, same kind of idea as like finding your main sort of training partner buddy. You can kind of yeah. bounce each other up and down. There's, there's, there's two books. My wife gets sick of me mentioning them, but they're two things that really, really changed uh, how my mind works. And it does relate to jujitsu. One was the Mark Matson subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah. Phenomenal book. Yeah. But the amount of things that you do out of perception of what someone else is yeah. thinking of you. Yeah, right? man. So every part of life, but jujitsu as well. Yeah. Being okay with where you're at and what you're mm -hmm. doing and, and the role I'm going. And if everybody says that game doesn't work and it's not a good game, well, I, you, you do you, bud. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. The other one is the chimp paradox. This one I don't know. Oh, it's great. It talks about the human in the front, the emotion in yeah. the back, and the okay. chimp in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the chimp is six times stronger than the human. Yeah. And so to get it out of the pathway of doing what it always does, the, my reaction to getting up at five in the morning, um, my reaction to when I see that thing, it triggers me, and I don't know why my wife does that, and I lose it, and it's mm -hmm. the dumbest thing, but it's, you know, yeah. don't clap your chopsticks together. Right. Well, it's a dumb thing, but it's because the chimp has created a pathway, and whatever started at the beginning, it doesn't matter. You don't have to go that far back. But now the chimp has a pathway where every time I hear it, it's a rattle in the car. The minute you hear it, the chimp gets up and he runs down that pathway and he goes from human to emotion and turns the lights on and hits a fire alarm, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, those two books really, once you could recognize that changed me, uh, changed, changed a lot of shit for me as far as just how I looked at jujitsu, I looked at rolling, I looked at teaching, I looked at gym ownership, I looked at mm -hmm. personal life, a lot of things. Yeah. Dig it. Yeah. One of the last things that I ask people, and I'm not saying this has to be the last thing, but um, because this is booze with a black belt, Got the it. third one, and there's been common themes in all three of them so far, as you might expect, yeah. at least on like the philosophical level, right? You've got a white belt in front of you. Mm. What's like the elevator advice, like elevator pitch advice, couple sentences, one paragraph, whatever, all the way up to brown belt. So start with a white belt and say, okay, you're a white belt in jiu-jitsu. Here's what you should be focusing on. Here's how your mind should be. Here's whatever. So that's hard for me because I'm a concept person. You're a metrics person, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you want step one and step two, and mm -hmm. I'm going big picture. Go go where you want to go. Uh, you know what? Because like, there's, there's more people here in this than a yeah, concept person and a metric I, I, I person. So go. I don't think there's a, a, a phrase that I want to get it painted in my gym, and I haven't done it yet, but I don't think there's a phrase that, that carries more weight than Chris Hoyter's it's not who's best, it's who's left. Yeah. Right? Like it's so many, just to, just to parry off that a little bit, when I started my gym, man, you know, talk about imposter syndrome. I was a blue belt that bought a gym. Like if we saw that now, yeah. you know, Siobhan goes out and buys a gym. <laughs> yeah. Just let's use that guy for an example. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, he'll love it. He'll love it. Even if we're bagging on him, he'll love hearing his name. All of us would be just... All just of us forehead like, slapping, right? I can, can't wait for four months later on Craigslist because I'm buying those maps. Yeah, right, right. right. Well... When I bought it, we had six or seven big gyms around us and MMA was huge at the time. And like, this goes to that, that mind philosophy part of it too. But these, these guys were, everybody was growing. Everybody was bigger than me. Everybody was better than I was, right? And I bought that, that gym. Man, if I focused on those things, a lot of times... Uh, it, it took ambition opened up next to us. I don't know if you were around for when ambition grew was around. Okay. They went to 200 so. and they were literally, I mean, if I hit a good baseball, I could hit their gym from mine and they opened up yeah. with a lot of money behind them. 93 X every 15 minutes was advertising. They were yeah. to 300 members in about eight minutes. 
They had a cage. They boxing rings. They had, you know, Joey Clark and all these guys. Uh, they were massive. And they opened up five feet from me. And I had, you know, 38 students. Yeah. And then I lost half of them to go over there. Right. Um, people that, that I didn't even know were interested in anything that were even friends of mine were going to Ambition because that was a new big thing. Right, right. I had to stop looking at those gyms. It was crazy. But for probably two years, I never looked at another gym on a website. Because if I looked at it, I didn't like what I had. Yeah. But man, when I didn't see that shit, I love what I had. Right. So, uh, you know, on the on the on the the white belt aspect of, I think I started a train of thought there and I lost it. It's all good. On the on the white belt aspect of of, you know, you quickly will find um, those hurdles that the mind comes in as to measuring yourself and and looking at at what you're. What, what you're even doing here and, and I'm not as good and I'm not as good and I'm not as good and it's it's so much about it has to be a, a personal journey right no one goes in and starts lifting with you and on day two goes well if that guy can deadlift 650 I'm gonna quit yeah. you'd be like stop you're not even it's not stop right, right. but it, it happens a lot in jiu-jitsu you get to blue belt there's a different level of of problems that come into place is now you have a, a little bit of I got a resume right I got something on my waist that says I'm something the problem with that is now, and we see this day in and day out, we see a blue belt and they get tapped by a white belt and it's just like emotional fucking bullet wound, which it shouldn't be. Right. right. There's some fucking really talented, who knows, this guy's done judo for 19 years or, or you know, Wrestled came out of a wrestling or, background yeah. or power lifts and he's huge and I'm, you know, one set and I get tapped yeah. and you're like, well, yeah. it's not supposed to happen. Look, you know yeah. what I mean? That's where the metrics fail you. Right. Yeah. yeah Cause if, if it was sort of pseudo binary yeah. or like a stepwise thing, then you would never have trouble with a blue belt as a purple belt, et cetera. Yeah. And that's why I said, you know, if, if jujitsu was, was an investment, mm-hmm. you'd be calling your investor guy going, I'm getting nothing back for what mm-hmm. I'm putting in 15 years. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. then you get to purple belt and then that's when, uh, that's when you start to hit a lot of plateaus. And, and like then the enlightenments don't come like a white belt. You get an enlightened every week. You're like, holy shit. If I put my foot here, they reverse. Holy crap. If I put pressure here, they give me something out. You know, like it's, it's all new blue belt. You're still just trying to figure those things out. And you're like, like trying to measure where you're at in the blue belt ranking. Right. When you get the purple belt, you're still expecting that newness, but now it's no that the, the race car is already made. Now you're fine tuning little things and that's way more frustrating because you got to stare at fuel ratios and you got to stare at tire pressures and you got to stare at little things and, and, and do a hundred laps around the, around the track and see if that little thing made a difference. And maybe it didn't. So you've tried 20 things, done 600 laps. It's been four months in my jujitsu, eight months. My jujitsu is not getting better. Maybe I still get my stripe, but I feel like those guys that are all climbing the mountain with me, they get enlightenments more than I do. Does that make sense? I think purple belt was the was the hardest uh, level for me for um, the plateaus. It just took forever. Brown belt's a brown belt's a good belt because you're you're when you get brown belt, there's some validity to there, and I think you get some confidence in yourself. Your game is good enough that that you can you can handle yourself. You can do most of what you accept the fact that yeah, that guy you know he's purple belt, but he's an animal probably going to take something or at least my defenses are good enough that I stayed on bottom but I didn't get tapped you know what I mean like you, you may not be winning but you're not losing badly mm-hmm. um yeah they 
I think that's that that's probably where that's not advice. That's just what you're going to face. Make sense? Which is advice? Yeah. I guess here's here's advice. what you're about to face, right? The white belt man. You just you can't look at anybody. You have to look at other people to measure yourself, but you can't look at other people to measure yourself. And it's so funny because that you know that uh, I got it on the wall of my gym that Helio Gracie. Uh, you know, you either learn, you either win or you learn, right? That shit is not in in our DNA. It's just not. It's not mm-hmm. great in society. It's not. You don't go and lose and go, oh, I'm happy I lost today because I learned something. It fucking doesn't work. It, works, it goes against everything that we have inside of us. And yet, jiu-jitsu is that one thing that keeps putting in your face going. You know, so I think one of the things I see the most with the white belts at that point, one, learning that part. Two, is that this is where that chimp paradox comes in, is, is if I create a negative connotation to losing or getting beat or getting tapped in my brain, then every time, then I start beating myself up because I shouldn't have done that. How did he pass and get my arm? Every time I go in and he passes my legs right away. Well, now subconsciously, right? It's like that Mark Manson book saying of like, if I have to look in the mirror and tell myself I'm good enough, it's actually doing damage because subconsciously it means I don't believe it, right? So in jujitsu, I see their game, people's game getting worse even at a beginning level because they beat themselves up every time they get tapped or passed. Now they're angry and... You know, we have an expression in hockey. Uh, he's clenching his, he's clenching the stick. He's holding the stick too tight, right? I went out, had three shifts, didn't do well. Now I'm really trying. Well, when do you play best? When it's pond hockey, when you don't care, when you're fluid. Right? And there you go. I'm not sure what that was, but that's all right. Yeah, it's close to that. That's more of a dance than a hockey, shot. But hockey Nintendo. I, I like that you're trying, yeah. Slap shot. So if, if, if I can change these basic mentalities that are in us at a white belt level of like, when I get tapped, nope, I, I, I mean... How many times does it happen when you get tapped as a white belt? You're like, okay, let's stop for a second. What did you do? No, you're like, fucking, oh, man, that one was tight. Let's go again. I'm going to try and win this time. No. What you need out of that is this idea of like, okay, I know you got the Americana. What did you do to set that up? Oh, I see. So you had shoulder pressure. It was when my arm came around. You pinned it. Oh, cool. Okay. So now you're, you know, you're kind of peeling the onion back and you're reverse engineering how they got to there. That's a very intelligent way to look at a tap, but it's hard to do with a natural psyche, right? But if you can have that early on, that'll help your progression so much because then you, you don't look at it as a loss. You're like, okay, every time I got tapped, I don't just angry that I got tapped. That's my natural instinct. I should be asking him, did you have that set up? Well, yeah, because I knew that when I went knee on belly, you start to turn towards me. There's a far side arm. And then I, and you can get that whole progression. You're like, holy shit, you knew what was coming. Cool. All right, how do I, one, defend it, and two, you know? The other thing, and it's a big one, white and blue belt, I don't want to say take offense off the table, but, but offense and chokes and all the cool, we show that stuff because that's cool to teach. Man, that, that stuff, that, that's cake, right? You got to eat your meat and potatoes first, which is your defense and your movement. And so even up until the last couple of years, like I didn't, realize how important my timing on someone else's pass and my ability to reverse them or to get my underhooks or to get my legs in how important that shit was no one told me that now it's my entire game the choke and shit comes easy when i got him controlled but my ability to be in a spot where he's about to pass my guard and already be playing that next scenario okay i i've I've conceded to the pass it's not there yet but he's about to pass as he's passing Where's my hand going? Where's my other hand going? Where's my body going to meet where he's going, right? That takes a lot. And I'm, again, 
still a student in the game. There's guys that are fucking way better, but mm. I couldn't believe how much my game changed when I started to concede. How many times has it happened to you? You're holding on to something. They're passing, but you're just going to hold on because I think I got something. Now they're sitting on top of your head, still holding on to that same geek collar, right? Because yeah. you saw Ish do it once, and you yeah. know what he did, but you're, yeah. I'm not letting go of this. But now they're on your back, and they have this arm, and now they're tearing it, and you're like, I don't know what I did. I was holding on to this for all. Well, if you'd let that go from the moment they started to pass and switched into a new position, it would have been, you know. Recognizing when the present yeah. is gone and the future is coming, embrace it. Yeah, conceding to the, conceding to the position. That's, yeah. that's a big thing is just going, okay, they're about to pass. What do I do next before they get there? Well, and to the point of your point about examining why you were tapped as a white and a blue belt, mm -hmm. that's a little bit of why I'm grateful. The first time I ever rolled was with Dave Scora because every single thing comes with an explanation. <laughs> and and yeah. it's like half a, a, a little, half a little, it? well, no, I mean, <laughs> half a little poke at his ribs, but it's also like he's really good. Yeah. With, with brand new folks, you're like, I'm supposed to do what to you now? What are we doing now? And he's like, well, try this. And then yeah. you'd be like, all right, now I'm upside down and on my back and you're on top of me. But then he'll stop and say, well, here's why. Yeah. And you, you don't understand it at the time, but it, it's still like, it's a good introduction to this is going to happen a lot for the next seven or eight years, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, he is a good dude, man. I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. I guess that's, uh, you just, you, you just stick with it and you figure out early on what you're doing it for. And oh my god, if I could have fun, have figure out whatever it takes. That's where I think where the best friend part comes in. If you're not having fun at the gym, what are you doing there? Yeah, for sure. And that goes for any uh, gym, any gym. And yeah. I have this conversation with my coaches more than just about anybody else because Minnesota is a state of passive aggressive. <laughs> you know, I mean it's it's just born into into the the DNA of this state. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I would much rather you just tell me you don't want to coach anymore then stay here and be miserable because you think that's what I want and you hate coming every day and it's transcribed into my students. And I'm talking about, I have 19 coaches, so I got other, mm -hmm. I'm like, just quit. I'll figure it out. It's a risk I took of owning a gym. Just tell me you don't want to do it anymore. And, and let's, you know, I don't want to date somebody who doesn't want to date me. You, hear, just, you hear that, Marcus? <laughs> 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 Not the coaching part, the dating part. <laughs> <laughs> So how, how about this? That was easy. How about this? Um, you know Kevin Skadsheim? Nope. Not real well, right? Oh, big Kevin. The yeah, this guy's black belt. Black belt. Yeah, yeah. We, we've talked about him a couple times. Yeah. Uh, he said on here last week that on his interest list or his goal list or bucket list or whatever is that he would like to teach jiu-jitsu, open his own gym, teach jiu-jitsu, give him advice. <laughs> how long do we have don't don't uh, no no, no, okay, it's, okay, no yeah, it's not that absolutely it's, no it's um we got as long as you want i checked in with paulie's wife we're good you yeah take as long as you want the yeah you know i i get a lot of it's it's funny i get a lot of um not motivation but uh interest in in hearing guys like um gary vayerchuk talk yeah. And Kerwin Ray, you yeah. know, like motivational guys. Yeah. And what was so ironic was when I started listening to Gary V, a lot of the advice he gave to people, I found out I did without even realizing. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, the exact same, to use your term, metrics that you use for your jujitsu journey mm -hmm. is for business. I can't compare myself to other people. I can't compare myself to other gyms. 
I got to just do it because I love it. It, it becomes very difficult at, at times. So you have to love what you're doing. Um, I think one of the biggest things I saw with gyms that started, we used shit that we bought off of Craigslist and borrowed and got given and found in a dumpster for years. I mean, it was six years before we made any money. It was hockey that paid it. And hockey still pays a lot of my bills, right? Um, but I just, like, I wanted zebra mats like everybody else had. You know, I wanted a cage. Like, how come people get a cage and I don't? And then I started to see these gyms that open and then would close. And I would talk to people. And, and like, I never borrowed a dime at the beginning. I just couldn't. There was no way I was going to borrow money for this. The idea of borrowing money to buy equipment... You know, when I, 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 simple math, but I was just like, there's no way, but you get this idea of like, okay, it's going to be a gym. Well, it's got to be top of the, top of the line mats first off. And it's got to have mirrors and, and like unbelievable. I mean, we didn't have change rooms. We didn't have showers. We didn't have shit. We had nothing. You're just doing it. So it, it's, it's very, um, jujitsu in America started in garages in Southern yeah. California. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and business, I mean, I don't know, man, I, I, that's a, that's a tough one because there's so many lessons I learned that are hard to put into words, but you, you just love what you do. Start it. Don't compare to anything. If there's four people there, give those four people an awesome night. If there's 50, give the 50 an awesome night. But if you're at four and the gym down the street is at 400, that doesn't mean anything about you. It really doesn't. Just keep playing your game. Just keep playing your game. I mean, I've outlived so many of those six, seven gyms. They all mm -hmm. closed. Mm -hmm. I could name six of them off, off of, you know, I was going to say six off of one hand, but that wouldn't work, would it? <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself before I fucking screwed that one up. No, but I, I, all those gyms are gone. Every one of them. Yeah. The, the ambitions, because they, the they, bison, they, the, they, like all those gyms that were huge in they MMA. Op opened and up big and pretty yeah. and were the show, but they we're weren't. The show. <clears throat> and I mean, this is a funny, funny side note. Mm -hmm. So when Ambition opened... And I lost a ton of people to them. Same thing happened with that pigeon up in Woodbury with 10 Planet. Like the, the shit he did to me, he started with me. And the shit he did when he left, I mean, it just, a, it just shows what he is as a human, right? But anyways, when <laughs> Ambition opened and they were so big and they had so much money behind them. And they were on, the, we, we got a pamphlet for Zebra Mats and their gym was on the pamphlet, the picture. Right? Like, it was just phenomenal. This was, this was like the show pony of show ponies for a gym. Okay? And it, and it, like, I had to forcibly not let myself go in there, look at their pictures, see their memberships, hear anything. I had to shut the radio off when they were advertised. Like, I didn't want anything to do with them because it was so defeating. We went from 38 or 39 students down to 17 again because a bunch left to go over there. Then we're slowly, gradually growing back up. Less than two years, they're done. They're closed. Doors shut i'm still growing grinding it out inch by inch inch by inch right out of the blue um this was when i bought my new gym so we're eight years in now i'm playing around on craigslist and i see joey clark who's an unbelievable guy by the way he was part of ambition really cool dude good fighter uh, i don't know him really well but every every meeting i had he's because there was some idiots over there but he wasn't one of them he's a good dude he listed some mma fence some mma pads some stuff that from ambition they were selling them i can right away i'm coming to get it i had the new gym now all that fencing you see came out of ambition nice nice on a personal note and no one saw this and i didn't take any pictures 
and I don't even t- I don't share this very often, but when I bought all the stuff and brought it back to my gym, I took every one of the corner pads from the ring that actually had ambition on it. I took it out back and I burned it. <laughs> and nobody was there. It was just my own stupid thing. Just but it was a just stogie like, and, yeah, a, and a match. And fuckers just like you just beat me so bad morally or emotionally for yeah, so long yeah. and and like now i you know and it's it's um uh, Muhammad ali man it's the uh, best revenge is great success yeah right and and so not there yet but i mean we i made it i made i'm 15 14 years in i made it i've done everything that i wanted to do and now we're still still a gym owner but i don't have anything to prove anymore and that was a hard thing to get over you know, for a long time feeling like I was the underdog. I was this, because I had, I had Mike Riley calling every one of my coaches going, why the fuck are you there? That guy's not even from the States, doesn't know anything. They didn't fight in here. Like, leave there, come down here. Did it to my students. Like in that Pigeon Up North, did the same thing. Called everybody and gave them a $30 jujitsu membership if they left MTT, right? After I had taught him and gave him his blue. Like, it was just shit like that that you dealt with constantly. And it was just like, man... It was like you took 20 arrows to shoot one of your own. But then that one that you shot and it hit the bullseye, like you were really proud of. Like I made this step. I made this step. As it stands right now, I think I might be the only uh, jiu-jitsu and boxing gym that owns its own building in Minnesota. Oh, you do own it, yeah. Oh, yeah, I own that. Yeah, nice. Yep. Yeah, it simplifies life a lot, doesn't it? A ton. Mm. And I mean, just, just like won't get into the math on this i don't need everybody knowing that but i mean mm-hmm. that what the, what that and it took a tremendous amount of sacrifice to buy that mm-hmm. like we needed 200 160 200 grand to come up with to buy it right that's the whole point of people with money make money i didn't have that money mm-hmm. i had a little mm-hmm. bit we had been saving 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 and i'm talking to yeah i'm talking to my my realtor, you know, we're six, seven years in, we start looking for buildings. We find that building and I didn't know we're, we're close friends now at the time. I didn't know him back then. And like, he's like, all right, I think we can, I think we can get this one. I see it. It was a, just a shithole, but I had a vision. I could see what it was. Right. I was so excited about it. And he's like, all right, how much, what, like, what do you got? I'm like, man, I, I got thinking it's a big deal. I got like 15, 16,000, maybe I get another two or three. That's not a big deal. And he's just like, <laughs> not in that world. Yeah, right? I, know, like, I know. Yeah. You got what? No, I'm, I mean, I deal with people that put, you know, 2 million down on a building. Like, what, yeah. You, you got to have more than that. We need at least 80 to 100 to even entertain getting an SBA, you know, like, so we're scrambling and, and trying, you know, borrowing money from people. And I don't borrow a whole lot, but I, and then I had a bank and we take it out of our line. And like, we, we jerried that together from five sources. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy because I, like, I had to pay sixty thousand to get out of my lease down at our old place. But we had found this building and it was the right thing. And now they hand me a sixty thousand dollar bill. That's on top. Yeah, it was just like, oh man, there was so many of those hurdles where you're just like, there's no chance we're getting through this, and we did. Yeah. And once you're through it, you're like, I was so in the in the trench. I didn't realize how far you were digging. And now we, we, we sit at that spot and I, I mean, I probably pay less in my mortgage for that 16,000 square foot building than a lot of the gyms that we know mm-hmm. paying rent. In a lease, yeah. Yeah. 
but that was one of them decisions early on. I was just like, man, I, this, this is, and, and I, you know, like Ryan Stanton is the guy I'm talking about, my realtor. He was one of them guys who was like, whatever you do, don't buy new shit. Don't buy new stuff. Let's get a building, get a building. And like he, he came and met me at like, he did a cold call at our gym at like year three and came every year, year four, year five, year six, saying the same things like, don't add on. Don't buy that stuff. Don't get another, just keep, save some money. Get a building, get a building, get a building. Man, we get into this lockdown. Like who would have guessed what would happen this year? Mm. And this year alone, SBA, you know, called and said, listen, you, you, you own the building. Your mortgage is on the hold for four months because it's, it's a government-backed and this is one of the perks we're doing. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, everybody else is fighting over leases and yeah. I, I didn't have to. So there's, there was some, yeah, some godsends from that. Yeah. So, yeah, his vice, I, when are you going to get a left turn lane in put out? Front? <laughs> so it's now we're getting into government yeah, stuff. It's complicated <laughs> because when I brought that up to the city, I made of Egan, that U-turn a few times. Yeah. When I brought that up to the city of Egan, the problem mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. is that we told them we would never have for the amount of parking. I mean, just deal with the city on, on a building. If you want to get, mm. yeah, no, you no, want to end up pass. in a pass half the time when we were dealing with them, I had to be kept away from rope and sharp objects i really want to hang myself with those idiots like <laughs> the stuff that they come up with but in order for them to agree to my occupancy in the parking lot that i had i had to say that this mm-hmm. is the number of people i would have and this is the max well that's a third of what i would need to to sell uh, them on a turn lane so it's a catch-22 yeah. like yeah yeah i said i need to put a turn lane in well then my occupancy and need, it doesn't matter you know so yeah, it, you need more parking lot yeah. and more building and then we looked at we almost bought that lot next to us Thompson's selling that, that hmm. big field. Top, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so what we had thought about doing was like turning on Opperman and then having our own entrance there. Yeah. That way people could yeah. come out and go down to Rosemont. And we went back and forth, and um, we were close. We actually put an offer in, and then and then they had a bunch of rules that they wanted on the land. And if we ever sold it, it could never be built into a storage place. or anything. So you'd be paying a million dollars for basically a lawn and a driveway. That's and, that's some California nonsense right there. Yeah, I was just like, no, that's silly. I'm not doing that. Yeah, if, Kevin, if that's if that's Kevin's goal, and you know, and he wants advice, I'll I'll for sure sit and talk to him about it. Yeah, go roll and then talk to you about it. You know, what I tell him to do is find some. I'm hitting 45 now. I got five more years. Find some friends with money because at <laughs> some point I know my dollar amount. Come <laughs> on down. I know we're really nice ones for sale. <laughs> nice. Be careful saying that. I'm just kidding, guys. Just kidding. Honey, I was joking. Just what, kidding. What'd you smoke on the way over here? Uh, you said you're a cigar guy, right? You had yeah. a cigar on the way over? What yeah, do you like? I actually mixed it up because I went to a place that I don't usually go to. Where, I, I, where'd I you go? Where'd you go? I just went to the, there's a, a perfect ash in, in um, Evergrove Heights that I always go visit. Mm-hmm. They've got some dark rolled, uh, I forgot what the name of them is. I'm a, new, I'm a noob in that game too, but yeah, I'll not, do a not, ceremonial not, cigar on occasion. I like the um, full leaf dark roll. Because uh, it, it burns slower and, and the long and, and, and thinner. I don't really like the big ones. Same, same here. And uh, I just gone through uh, a bunch of them. So I stopped at a, just an Egan place for tobacco and, and went in the humidor and picked out a, a stack of them. So What'd you get? Yeah, I don't know names. Oh. I yeah, because I stumbled into Arturo Fuente years ago. And then once or twice a year or three times a year when I have a cigar, I just pick up a Fuente. So yeah, just yeah, out of habit. I just, I've got a mm. whole pack of pictures in my phone of, of <laughs> raps because i'm you know it's like it's kind of like me saying well, what do you like in wine yeah 
California red, like what, from what vintage and what, I don't know, like right. there's one or two Menage a we get a lot because it's cheap and it's, yeah, yeah twist super off cheap. Yeah, good. super cheap. Yeah, twist <laughs> off is exactly right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I got you. I, I, I got just you. enjoy them. That's I don't, cool. I don't know the, I don't know the, uh, the names that well, but cool. Yeah. Wife doesn't like it and I always have to, I'll have them in the afternoon and then I know I'm teaching that night and you're like, I go up, I got to shave or uh, shower the beard. <laughs> well, when you, when you said I, I, if I'm driving across town, I tend to have a cigar. I figured it was exactly the wife didn't like it. So yeah. I've got, <laughs> no, no, I've got she, a trip with some windows down and yeah, she did. Well, yeah, I've never smoked with her in the car, but she doesn't, uh, it's just when you come back on the mat and you, yeah. get, and you, you realize she's like, right. Yeah. Let's be real. She's right. You got to be so, uh, conscientious of that because it can be, people don't say what they think here. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the one thing mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. from Russia. They'll tell you what the fuck's going on yeah. right now. <laughs> like right now you've got bad teeth and that's just the way it is. And they, that, you know, I've known you for four minutes. I'm just going <laughs> to let you know that your nose is crooked. <laughs> We're here, you know, like I, I, I might get out there and smell and, and you know, you get that person. I've had those conversations. You get that person that stinks and you're just like, oh, I gotta have to, come here, bud. Like, come here, on, sea bass, get it together. Yeah. Sea <laughs> <laughs> bass is just going to stop buying shorts from Ballet Tudo. That's all. What? Oh my goodness. That's, that's his only thing. He's finding everything else. He just, he buys these, <laughs> these shorts that are like, they're borderline spandex mm. MMA shorts that's, that's, that he'll wear, and everybody's like, "Yeah, <clears throat> yeah you <laughs> built like a toothpick. You put those away." <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, but, he's fine on that, but you, you know, I, it's it's weird. You've had to tell people like, "Man, your feet. You, you got to cut your toenails, and you got to wash your feet." Like I shouldn't have to tell you this as a grown man, but it, you can't come on the mat with those things. And I now you get good at it because you it's been long enough. If you just yeah. handle it instantly, yeah. You're like, listen, come here. Don't take it personal. Don't be, I got showers here, but you're not coming on the mat with those. I have scars on my feet from people playing like uh, bottom, like half guard lockdown. Yeah. Oh, man. Scar- scars on your feet from bottom lockdown from jankity ass toenails. Yeah. It's funny. We, we, we were just talking about this. Yeah, like, why else would you know what people's feet are like? And yet, my old students have been with me the longest. They'll have a list of four guys that had the worst feet. You know, like everybody yeah, knows. Yeah. Oh, everybody knows all oh, that guy. You know, John Spence's toes were fucking terrible, right? They <laughs> big, goofy toenails, and they'd have a hang on one side and yellow on the other. And, like, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, this shouldn't be in my scope of having to deal with this. Yeah. We're in a position where I have we have to address it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like giving hand-washing directions to adults. <laughs> Sing happy birthday. I shouldn't need to explain this. But even like that, you know, I we just had this happen. I'll, I'll leave the names out. But I went and halfway through, halfway through a class, I went and grabbed my breath mints. Marcus. Got two for myself and brought it over to a guy. He's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not, bro. Yeah. That's how you do it. You just what, take it. What do you it. mean? I'm like, just, here. Yep. Don't make a big deal out of it. Nobody has to see here. No, just take two. Take them. <laughs> I'm going to shove them down your throat. Take them. Crunch them up yeah. real good and hold them in there. <laughs> yeah. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Paulie pulls out the altoids. Like, it was never like that. Now with jujitsu, man, I carry breath mints with me everywhere. Because you have to. I, like in the gym. Every class yeah. I'm teaching. I just don't want to chance that. There's a technical word for like the people that have chronic bad breath, right? Hal- uh, halitosis? Halitosis. Oof. There's probably a few. That's one of those things. Imagine having that gift. Mm. Yeah, just quit eating so many vegetables, man. That's that what, what it is? that's what does it. Those raw vegetables. Eat some eat some cauliflower and and you know 
Lean in for a kiss on your gal. See what that she says. Huh? Oh man, vegetables are the worst. Eat I didn't meat. Know that. Eat meat. I didn't know. Well, yeah, I, I handle that. Yeah. I had no idea. Are you big on the diet? Hmm. Are you big on your diet? On my diet? Yeah, as a lifter, like you take that shit serious. No. All right. Good. Yeah, I mean, I I've gone through phases, extreme phases, hardcore phases, but. Yeah, I'm just outside of a standard American diet most of the time. You know what I'm saying? What is a standard American diet? It, that, the, 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 uh, Depending on the state? Standard American diet, the abbreviation is SAD. So just go ahead and... <laughs> yeah. And that, it literally means, yeah, a lot of like processed refined foods, yeah. you know, the, the occasional to regular fast food, you know, not enough vegetables, that kind of thing. The other question I had uh, off topic, <laughs> but is there a lot of juice in powerlifting? Juice, you mean... Roids. Like vegetables in a no. blender and all that stuff. No, there's roids in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now th- th- there's there's a bit of an acceptance in strength athletics, power powerlifting in particular, in that like some federations, like the old APF and I think even UPA, those are just federations. They have the like sort of pro division and amateur division. Nobody's getting paid for powerlifting. Pro means they don't test, so it's assumed yep. everybody is bigger, stronger, and getting the help they need to do it. And amateur means it's the tested division. It's roughly, you know, it's roughly, not like a, stri- yeah. a strict definition. You know what I mean? Like well, the, more, the USAPL, where I've brought most of my like clients, my my lifters, um, is has a zero drug policy. So there's testing in every single meet, a certain percentage of the lifters. You know what I mean? And it's assumed to be a drug. Putting that in air quotes, drug free. There's always somebody game in the system, right? Yeah. Just like with anything else, you get into like strongman and stuff, like world's strongest man. I honestly, I, I'm I'm not a good sports fan. Once I'm out of something and not competing in it, I just don't care all that much. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if they have any kind of testing protocol. If they do, I would assume it's a joke, as as you would assume having seen it once in your life. You know what I mean? So sort of like the NFL testing their athletes, like so the people who make the billions of dollars off of their level of performance are also testing the quote unquote validity of how they got to. To that point that seems like a little silly too you know what i mean yeah. it's just just like any other sport yeah. i mean you want to get big and strong what do you do you train you eat you keep doing that consistently for years and if you really want to go for it yeah boom you know i changed my that you know bigger faster stronger documentary really changed my perspective on it bigger stronger faster yeah that, that a, a trademark issue with the bigger faster stronger program Really? Just the, the the ordering of the words was how they got around it. Oh, no kid. It's an old, old school strength training program from, from the 70s and how stuff. How funny is that? No, it's a good documentary, yeah. though. It is, yeah. I, I like what a lot of those Bell Brothers have put out about yeah. just the cultural stuff of lifting and Meathead Kingdom and whatnot. Yeah. And then I saw um, Phil DeRue. You ever heard that name? I don't know. So I, I, mm. I he does, uh, he's like a personal trainer or a, a strength trainer of the year he does a lot of mma guys and i started following him on instagram sure. and, and facebook and he's actually he works with one of those brothers sure the, the one brother of the guy that did the documentary is now in in yeah chris, chris yeah chris Bell. yeah he's down in in miami with this guy mm-hmm. and he puts out videos a lot of content on strength training and stuff cool. I, I actually got it um i started following him because i wanted to give it to my black belt in personal training there for because he was starting to work with boxers and yeah. I was watching some of it and just going, okay, that's not going to work. You got to change up a few things here and, and trying to help him out. But I, didn't, I don't have the energy or time to put a lot of time into it. So yeah. I was trying to get a couple of resources, but it was funny. I just, I saw that brother and I'm like, man, I know you from, that was from the documentary. He was yeah. still the high school foot co- football coach in that documentary. So there's done a few other ones since then, actually. Are they good? Like, it, yeah. I well, mean, he did it, the it, one where he was actually 
he was actually struggling with booze or pills or something. Yeah, right? the one on Kratom. Kratom, Kratom on that, like, painkiller thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a tough one because then he, he was struggling. Yeah, like, all through the production of yeah. it, he was abusing pain pills and booze yep. and then doing a, a, a documentary on this, like, sort of natural substance that people yep. should use in place of that stuff. It was a, a interesting thing. It was also cool that he let it out yep. into the movie at some point. Like, yep. okay, so this whole time, here's the deal. I just watch. I, I mean, I watched that. Uh, I watched it two or three times now. That, that uh, I can't remember the name of it, but on the on the, the big doping scandal with the Russians, in the Olympics. At Sochi. In in Vic, uh, yeah, no, Icarus, 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 Icarus. What a great documentary! Yeah, oh, yeah, unbelievable. But just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Of course it does. Yeah, I've been over there enough. It, on a backwards country. I really well, like yeah. some of the people and had, but fuck, they were so backwards. Well, and what did I always used to say to people? Steroids were uh, Russian-born but American-bred. Yeah, you know, like we they they did it and we mastered it, and yeah. but then it goes back and forth a few times, yeah. and you get a you get a nationalized system where it's like everybody's gonna win. Yeah, mm, you gonna do what you gotta do. Gotta do what you gotta do. But like I, you know, I, he was talking to Ash about that and shocked that you know these jujitsu guys would ever do that. And like, <laughs> I just saw a Gordon Ryan quote and i thought it was pretty good he's like i gotta be honest with this you know uh honor and and respect in the jiu-jitsu community he's like it's fine but let's be honest like it's bullshit it, it, it was originated by a bunch of crazy brazilians that were like going around to other gyms and and th- yeah beating the shit out of people like mm-hmm. hey, that's fine you know it's a good credo but don't you know stamp it on on everything jiu-jitsu wasn't started like that like these guys were nuts and they were animals and they would beat everybody up and they would go to other gyms and beat that instructor up to show that their stuff was better. Like <laughs> there was no honor and respect aspect of, of that. I well, just that, thought it was a good, that's kind of rooted in like the old school Japanese, yeah. like samurai stuff. Like literally I'm here to challenge the head instructor. Mm-hmm. And if you beat him, that was your gym now, right? Yep. That kind of stuff. It was interesting. It was a it was a cool quote, but the, the, the way I usually answer about the steroids thing relative to strength athletics or whatever is like, um, is the person competing in the thing being compensated for their performance? Then they're probably doing what they need to do. Yeah, and you expand that out all the way up to like something high level like the NFL, like. They're doing what they need to do. Yeah, to, of if if your income, like your children's school fund and like the the altering of the socioeconomic status of your bloodline depends on the speed with which you move that night you're probably doing what you need to do and and you know what you could you you go down that you peel whatever side you want Mm -hmm. like you spend five minutes understanding the corruptness of the corruptness of the ncaa in college sports you want to judge somebody for taking yeah uh, get lost like you Mm -hmm. people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones Mm -hmm. like i mean Mm -hmm. so yeah, I have no issue with it whatsoever. I, good for them, whoever. Um, I mean, it's, it does. It's illegal, so I'm not condoning it. For yeah. the record. For the record. Yeah. Well, Carl Lewis was on uh, cough medicine, so if I can get some of that. Think of that stuff. <laughs> it's a complicated cough medicine cough mix-up. Medicine. The cough medicine. Cough medicine is... In, was it blue and from New Mexico? Well, it's injected through your ass, but I am. helps the cough unbelievably. I haven't coughed forever. <laughs> I haven't coughed forever. I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. Yeah, hit me. And we'll call it there. Um, What'd you do with that picture? 
I printed oh, up that yeah. picture of you and Travis the Hurricane. No, it's sitting, it's sitting in my office right now, uh, mm. but it's mm. going down on the mat. You put I, it on the mat? On the, in the wall. Oh, on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's Travis's Facebook picture right now. It is, yeah. yeah and I, that, I've, I've said jokingly to some, a few people that like my goal is to have like as many like BJJ and actually I've got a few power lifters with like photos that I've tight cropped and, and posted on yeah. my little Instagram for Pilata. Yeah. I'm like, my goal is to get as many Facebook profile pictures as possible of just that tight cropped black and white gnarly yeah, looking sure. stuff. Yeah. No, I that's still it. one of my favorites. Like I took one recently that that's a close in terms of interest, but that one just like the symmetry, but then you're just over here a little yeah. bit and then there's some tape that throws off the symmetry. <laughs> I mean, it is perfect. It Plus like, just, just straight, just hands on face. It was just awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's a good yeah. picture. I, I printed it off and I brought it in yeah. and, and gave it to front desk guy and told him to give it to get it in a, in a frame. And I, like I've got probably three or four that got to go up in the jujitsu room, but that one's going to find a good spot. That, that was a great picture. That, like you have such a talent, man. That shit you do. It's just amazing. Mm. You never see it. And then, and then when you see it, you're just like, what the, how does that, that's unbelievable. It's just like jujitsu though. Right. I guess. Yes. That's the thing that's going to be part of my intro to this little podcast is you take everything that Jeremy said today and you take the word jujitsu out and put business, take the word business out yeah. and put life yeah. and it all holds up pretty well. I think a lot of parallels there, mm-hmm. you know, and the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, so many things that can be learned by I, the thing I love about jujitsu first though. Because in business, you can be an asshole and get away with it. In life, mm-hmm. you can be an asshole and get away with it. Mm-hmm. You too. Somebody's going somebody's gonna to pay you back, right? I always say that to the young guys. You either learn or you get learned. One is fun. The other one's not fun. But either way, you're going to learn, right? So either you're going to calm down and go slow through this move, or you and I are going to demo it, and I'm going to make you go slow with my pressure, Right. And, 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 or if you're small and fast, Marcus is going to make you think that, you know, you're going to try and pass his guard because you think you're, you're good at passing guard. And you won't listen to me. You're going to, you're going to learn. Right. And that's, if you get jujitsu is one of them things that brings out the good and assholes leave. And then the good in, in all of us, you can translate it more into life and into business than the other way around. You don't really bring great business philosophies into jujitsu. It doesn't work that way because you don't have, you're not held to the same you can make a lot of shit decisions and cheat the system and everything else. You can borrow money. You can't borrow skill. That's it. Great way to put it. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Out, like I'm trying to out soundbite the soundbite king over here. It's not working. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. Jeremy, thank you. Yeah, great being here, man. My pleasure. Me. I took every one of the corner pads from the ring that actually had ambition on. <laughs> I took it all back and I burned it. 